Trouble conceiving will only be entitled to one free cycle of IVF from now on. Previously, the NHS said it was prepared to offer three cycles for those aged between 23 and 42. Tony Fisher has more. Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group says it currently spends almost £800,000 each year on specialist fertility treatments. By providing only one free IVF cycle, it will instead spend half this amount. In making the decision, the organisation, which is facing a deficit of £25 million, says it considered the affordability of IVF treatment and the impact this expenditure might have on other vital health services. The housing charity Shelter says more than three million people could miss their rent or mortgage payments in January. It says a quarter of people would feel too ashamed to ask for help. Roger Harding is from the charity. It's really important to get help early on if you're worried that you are struggling and could be struggling more in the future because expert advice from Shelter and other organisations is just a call or a click away and it really can make all the difference to making sure that you can stay in your home and manage your bills. The captain of a large cargo ship which ran aground in the Solent has been praised for deliberately steering it onto a sandbank. The vessel began to list shortly after leaving Southampton. Oceanographer Dr Simon Boxall says the problem may have started with a sharp manoeuvre. The most likely problem is going to be things like poorly loaded fuel, too much fuel on one side compared to another. She was carrying 500 tonnes of fuel, roughly. As she carried out her sort of very sharp left-hand turn, turn towards the east as she came round Brumblebank, that would have exaggerated any list uh, that was on the ship. In sport, Watford are out of the FA Cup after losing 3-0 at Chelsea. And the weather will be murky this morning with cloud and drizzle. Top temperatures around 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. And suddenly we're back in the box. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Catherine, are you sure it doesn't sound funny in there? It doesn't sound any funnier than usual. Uh, mm. Which is a problem. Step... Uh, what are you hearing? I'm hearing echo, I'm hearing delay on my voice, whereas your voice sounds just northern and irritating. OK, so everything's normal then. Everything is normal then. Coming up on the show this morning... Charlie Fairhead Beef in Bucks. <laughs> That's my favourite one. Well done. One shot IVF in beds and Justin's off the rails in hearts. He's on a train platform. Actually, he's standing outside to avoid getting chucked out of the station. Yes. All that and more. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, there'll be a switch. It'll just be a switch that I need to flick that will stop me sounding like a uh, like an, an idiot. Kelly, Kelly's here. Kelly can come and fix the studio. <laughs> Kelly can come and fix the studio. She's good at that kind of stuff. You you know where hills come from, Kelly. Why? There's a little um, echo in my head head. Could you have a little fiddle with me knobs and see what you can... Whoa! Hey! Whoa! Now that's it. I put that on... T- there we go. Oh, you didn't select the studio. She fixed it. And that's standard, my friend. She... F- you fixed it, Kelly. You're welcome. Thank you. Kelly and I may not know where hills come from, but we certainly know how to um, ask her to fix the studio. Here's the Beatles.
Suddenly we're all back to kind of normal, I guess. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Oh, go away, Beatles. That song's never quite as good as I remember it being. Now, an Aylesbury Vale district councillor found himself at the centre of a Twitter row. A Twitter row after suggesting that food banks were only visited by people with drug and mental health problems. Well, according to the independent newspaper, the backlash was such that the Conservative Mark Wynne has uh, suspended his Twitter account. And, it, uh, Catherine, is this right? It all started with an episode of Casualty. Well, apparently so. Really? Although we should say from the outset, we've not spoken to Councillor Wynne yet, and the Independent couldn't get hold of him this weekend. But we were alerted to this story by our listener, Drake Hardcastle, so thanks for that. He asked us to take a look at this. There's certainly no sign of an account for Councillor Mark Wynne, at Councillor Mark Wynne on Twitter this morning. But there are lots of screenshots of a comment made on that account on Saturday night. Can I ask you just to switch to the green microphone? Because that one's a little little bit, um, that's the one we would normally use and that one's a little bit quiet. Try that. Gosh, right. Is that any better? That's much better, uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Go on. Okay, so what seems to have happened is that Councillor Wynne took exception to Charlie Fairhead's attitude on that night's right. <laughs> episode is of Charlie Casualty. Is Charlie still in it? Blimey. He is. He's been in it since flipping 1980 dot, hasn't so, he? So, so what, what has Charlie done? Uh, he's the mild-mannered kind of like head of the casualty. He what's, sometimes gets cross. What's he done to offend uh, Mr Wynne? Well, on Saturday night, the storyline saw him talking to a young mum who's initially thought to be a drug addict but who turns out to be suffering from malnutrition. Her son's injured crossing the road and she's full of remorse which leads to the nurse Charlie Fairhead played by Derek Thompson saying to her you're uh. not a bad mother it's the system that's wrong it's unforgivable. Uh-huh. Now this is what seems to have fired up Councillor Wynne. Now the screenshots circulating on Twitter 
suggests he made the following comment. CBBC, and that is C-S-E-E, uh, rather than the Children's Channel. Yeah. CBBC are up to supporting Labour propaganda rubbish. The people visiting food banks are those with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. That got him 34 retweets, seven favourites and a whole lot of trouble. Um, gosh. Um, so some of the responses that we've got, what 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 have people been saying? Uh, Scarlet Wild um, was uh, saying that I hope one day you are destitute and rummaging in bins for something to eat, vile creature. Oh, I never like those ones where people say, "I hope that happens mm-hmm. to you." That always seems a little bit unpleasant. Tom Wilson, the Tory councillor that attacked food banks because they are used by the mentally ill, has blocked me. Classy guy. That's from Tom Wilson. Uh, and Deborah wrote, uh, "I'm not an addict, not mentally ill, and I work a single mum with two kids. Need food bank to survive." Um, so we're going to continue to try and contact um, Mark Wynn today. He's to kind of gone him. to ground a little bit, as, yeah. as one would imagine. And we want to be fair to him as yep. well. And we're also asking the question, you know, how seriously should we take comments made on Twitter? People jump up and down these days and, and want, um, you know, steps to be taken. This isn't the first time, is it? I mean, the police have been involved in some of the comments made on Twitter. And other people are saying, you know, Twitter should be a forum for people to express themselves. And we should I guess be, have the right to either um, block them or tut. The, I, I guess with, with, with this guy as a counsellor, so we kind of expect a certain uh, uh, level of decorum and restraint from him. But in the but you great can choose whether you vote for him or not. Yeah, in the great scheme of things, he's put forward his point of view and you know, and, and that's good that he's done that, hasn't it? Isn't it? I mean, whether you agree with it or not, it's like the, um, the she who shall not be named anymore on this show in particular, um, uh, uh, the annoying woman on Twitter, when she talked about um, uh, Scotland sending down their Ebola bombs, and she was investigating sweaty jocks, and she was investigated by the police, allegedly, for, for racism. Well, that was a waste of time. That was a stupid thing to for the police to get involved in. 08459 555. Should people just be allowed to say what they want on Twitter?
I'm off to see the Kinks musical at the weekend. Yeah, I'm taking my mum. And I a good boy. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're having a look at the speed sensors in Clapham and it's not looking too bad through the roadworks on the A6 Paul of the Radcliffe Way. There's a lane closed for roadworks at the junction for Clapham Road just by the roundabout, but it's not causing any queues at the moment. It could get busy later on though. And around the A1 uh, Great North Road on the Black Cat Roundabout, there are other roadworks there, so I expect that to get busy later on as well with people heading back to work. Checking the M25, no delays are showing up so far and on the departure boards, no reports for any problems or delays at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. The ever-controversial Samantha Bruff. 6.15, it's Monday the uh, 5th of January these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio a Conservative councillor in Aylesbury is being criticised for posting online that food banks are only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems a post-mortem has revealed that a man from Potton who was found dead in a car had been shot in the back and Watford are out of the FA Cup after a 3-0 defeat at Chelsea BBC Three Counties Radio Every weekday morning. You can book your place on the show now. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Come on and get some help, get some assistance. Tackling your consumer problems. I couldn't trace an account in any of the names or any of the addresses that were given. For it to be running for six weeks and then for them to cut it all off again just doesn't make any sense. The JVS Show fights for your rights. He came to me and asked if I could go and have a word with said bank. I had an email from the bank to say that you've been in touch with them and the senior customs relations manager was most apologetic. Thankfully, you managed to get your money back. Yep, but that was due to, obviously, your station itself. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly Betts is there. Good morning. And Mama is there. All right, uh, why don't we do it, girls? This time with a little bit of um, uh, TNT, I believe. Yes, come on, guys. Sorry? Teeth and taps. Teeth and taps, why not? Here we go. Kelly Betts is there. Hello. And Mama Kath is there. Hey, no. What did you get for Christmas? An attitude? I already had one. One. Deals, can you believe this? Uh, unbelievable. The, the enthusiasm. Yeah, morning, boss, how are you? Good morning, Justin. Even you, with your bunged-up nose and your yep. chesty chest, you're more enthusiastic than these two puddings put together. I am here ready for the action. The action, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, yeah. let's just say, <laughs> yes. shall we? Yes, let's say that. Yes, why not? Happy 2015 to you and our listeners. That's the last one of those I'm going to allow. What, what do you mean? I'm not... I do, listen, happy oh, new no, year. not all this again. No, no, no. Not, not the grumpiness come no, on no. first day back proper it's come not on. it's not grumpiness it's realism and practicality right on new year's day yeah go on a ha- happy new year mm-hmm. on january the second yeah go on i'll tolerate a happy new year right after the january the second we we're we, it's an old year now we're well into the year do forget wanna, this happy what you're gonna say you're gonna wish me happy birthday for last june hang on hang on do you want to deal in fact or fiction here um i want to deal in a reasonability okay uh, facts last week a lot of people on new year's day might not have been listening had a heavy night last week they could have been away seeing friends and family today <laughs> is their first day back listening this. to you properly right wish them a happy no. Yeah, and just be nice. No, I'm being nice. No, you're not. No, I'm being I'm being practical. It's going to kick off here. Eh? 08459 555555. Who is right on this one, please? Myself or um Justin, thank you, Kelly. Uh, who is right on this one? We, we we should have stopped saying Happy New Year last week. No. No, no one wants it. People will be going to work today. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah? Happy New Year. People want it, and no. people will be demanding it everywhere today. If people don't say to me today, Happy New Year, I am out the door. Simple as that. 08459 four double five five double five. I'm right. I'm right on this one, Justin. No, no, you're wrong. I am very, no, no, very right wrong. on this. You're wrong. Anyway, we've got you to talk about more serious things, and I'm trying yeah. to change the tone and the speed of my voice to go from the flippancy of Happy New Year's to the more seri- serious topic of IVF, and I think I've managed that well quite successfully. Thank you. If you're trying for a family and live in Bedfordshire, you'll only be entitled to one free cycle of IVF from now on. Previously, the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group offered three tries to 23- to 42-year-old women, but they can no longer afford to keep up with nice guidelines. Buckinghamshire's been doing its own thing for a while. You'll only get uh, one free cycle there, and Hertfordshire's reduced the number of cycles it offers from three to two. Justin, you've got more detail. What's the background to this, please? Always going to be controversial, this talking point. Uh, Yeah, Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group says it currently spends at £799,000 each year on specialist fertility treatments. In uh, 2013-14, it commissioned 243 cycles of IVF, across the whole of Bedfordshire. That equates to about 80 patients a year. Now, you might remember in the early part of last year, it conducted a a public consultation, which resulted in most people favouring retaining NHS IVF treatment. In particular, the favoured option was following three years of unexplained infertility, two full cycles of IVF treatment for women aged between 23 to 39, and one full cycle 
cycle for those aged between 40 and 42. Tell, well, now, tell me why, Jess. What's it's, going on? It's rode that back yeah. uh, from that option. They're only going to offer one free cycle for those aged between 23 and 39. I'm so asking why. It's, it's going to be. It's got to be about money, hasn't it? It's always um, about money. Yeah, I mean, the CGT says in Bedfordshire that um, it cannot afford uh, these three cycles anymore. Instead of spending almost £800,000 a year, um, looking at the new figures, they're going to be spending just under £400,000. So uh, they're halving the cost straight away. Um, in a report presented to Bedford Borough Council's Adult Services and, and Health Overview, um, they said that our understanding of our financial position at the time of consulting meant that we believe we could extend access to a IVF whilst remaining within budget. However, um, their situation has worsened since then. So looking at the facts of it, clearly they're doing this to try and save money. £800,000 a year down to £400,000 a year will certainly say to me that by going down this route, they're going to save a lot of money by doing this. Uh, what does Bedfordshire CCG say uh, officially? Well, a spokesman said that we recognise that IVF treatment is life-changing for the small group of women who are helped to conceive in this way. Um, we're pleased that we've been able to maintain this service. Um, as with all the health services we commissioned for the people of Bedfordshire, we took account of a range of factors when coming to our decision about the criteria for accessing IVF. These included clinical evidence for the effectiveness of it amongst certain groups and uh, the outcome of our public consultation services. So um, they also say that, that we consider the affordability of IVF treatment and the impact this expenditure might have on other vital health services for other patients in Bedfordshire. It's a tough one, this, isn't it, Cats? Because we, with naming no names, we know someone who's, who's had kid, uh, ch children, a child through uh, IVF. I know several people who have. Uh, and it's an important thing, but I, I do struggle to get my head around whether it should be uh, something that people get for free on the NHS. And also, if, if this is being... You all right, Just? I'm fine, thanks, yes. Well, early morning. OK. Then. Happy New Year, guys. If this is being cut back, Catherine, then this surely is the start of other um, non-life-threatening uh, treatments being cut back, isn't it? I mean, that, that's the suggestion that a lot of people will, will draw from this one. And, and the other thing is that the IVF services are something that are going to be called upon more and more in the future because so many families or couples are having to wait so much longer to be in a financial position where they can start a family. And then, of course, biology starts to intervene, doesn't it? And it's yep. not that you've put your career on hold. It's that you've been trying to be a responsible person and get everything in place beforehand. And then you find it's more tricky than you thought it might be. So, you know, it's a really difficult one, a really difficult one. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if this was the start of something yep. more, you know. 08459 555 Just, it's a busy morning for you this morning. Yeah. Uh, 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 We've got... Oh dear, you can tell the electioneering has started properly, can't you? We've got shadow ministers turning up at places uh, to talk about things. A, a, a lot of the... Do you know what? There's a shadow minister that for, yep. for trains. He's going to be at... What train station is he at today? To Watford, and he's going to be there for 30 minutes. Uh, and mm, we... Yeah. Catherine and I had a real long chat this morning about whether... We do it or not? Well, because it, it won't be the first or the last, will it? This is this is the start now. Where are we? The what are the, the 5th of January, the, the actions May, the whenever. This, we're going to be getting this almost every other day, aren't we? We and are, but it's, it, it's such a big talking point for, for people yep. who use the trains. I think if you're going to go to a train station this morning, and of course the fares went up last week, but today's uh, the, the main day for commuters go, going back into London. If you're going to go to a train station, why not go there for the whole morning? 30 minutes at a train 
train well, station. Well, so, so that he can get maximum exposure on all of the local radio stations. If, if he's expecting to take a train, he might end up staying there all morning. <laughs> Justin, listen, I know you're going to go and speak to commuters about that. I, well, yeah. I want to speak to you as well later on about this councillor, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. No problem, boss. Cheers, my dears. And it was a real discussion, Catherine, uh, as to whether we play this game. Because I said it wouldn't be the first or the last. We've already... You know, let some other th- opportunities go by, haven't we? Where people have been on site to talk about the things that really matter to, oh. to the man on the street. You know, this is this is already underway. Let's see how it goes today with this this shadow. I don't know his name. This shadow minister uh, talking about trains and fares and things like that. Let's see how it goes today. Uh, but I am wary. Well, I'm aware of two things. I'm wary, uh, aware that I'm, I'm aware and wary. I'm aware that we're the BBC and we are meant to cover things like this. I'm also wary that, that no one's really going to say anything of any real clout from either side, and it has the potential to be de a l. We don't really want to be party to a photo op. That's no. Thing, but at the same time, we need to inform you as to what people are saying. I tell you what, we'll do right. We'll speak to the fella. It's about 20 past seven if he turns up, we've been told. We'll speak to the fella and then we'll kind of, um, we'll take your views on this, dear listener, as to whether you want to hear more or less of that. I've got a landline for him now, which is interesting. Oh, OK. He was supposed to be there. Oh. But, um, so it will be 20 past seven. OK, all right. Well, we'll speak to him and we'll, 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 we'll kind of get the vibe, because this, this is a new one for me, presenting, um, uh, you know, kind of a, a very loosely a news-based show, a topical straight show during a general election year. So... I kind of know what I'd like to listen to, but I don't know. We'll see. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Milton Keynes on the A421 standing way, a reminder that there's roadworks around the Kingston roundabout that could cause some delays later on this morning. In High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, there's some temporary lights at Marlow Road and that's looking fine at the moment, but again, that could get busy later on. I'm having a look at the cameras on the uh, M1 and it's starting to look busier than it has done for the rest of the week so far, but it's still not co- no queues reported at the moment. No problems on the M25 either. On the trains, Thameslink are not serving London Bridge because of engineering works. They're going um, to... Uh, not between Blackfriars and London Bridge. And the Northern Line has minor delays if you're using that this morning. Samantha the Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past six. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a Conservative councillor in Aylesbury is being criticised for comments he made online about food banks. According to a national newspaper, Mark Wynne said they're only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. A post-mortem has revealed that a man from Bedfordshire who was found dead in Cambridgeshire was shot in the back. 36-year-old Jesse Smith from Potton was found dead in a car at Burwell in the early hours of New Year's Day. And women in Bedfordshire having trouble conceiving will only be entitled to one free cycle of IVF from now on. Previously, the NHS in the county said it was prepared to offer three cycles for those aged between 23 and 42. The weather will be murky this morning with cloud and drizzle. Top temperatures around 9 degrees Celsius, 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford are out of the FA Cup after losing 3-0 at Chelsea in the third round. It was half-time substitute Willian who opened the scoring and head coach Lovisa Djukanovic admits it was difficult to come back after that. A bit loud, like a team, like uh, Chelsea, where they solve uh, the game in uh, fast time. And after second goal, uh, it's uh, difficult uh, for us. Uh, I am not disappointed after this, uh, this uh, the third 
Sheffield United provided the shock of the FA Cup third round so far. The League One side, who were already in the semi-finals of the League Cup, beat Queen's Park Rangers 3-0 at Loftus Road. Rangers boss Harry Redknapp says he wanted to rest some of his squad, but couldn't due to injuries. Even people like Charlie Austin, I'd had to, you know, you got to play, I had to play him today because I've got no, I'm short of strikers. I've only got him and Bobby, so Charlie had to play, and that was his fourth game, full game in like in whatever that short amount of time. You know, every two days we've been playing, so you know, I'd like to have rested him and a few others today, but it wasn't easy. Some of them had to play. Elsewhere, Manchester United beat Yeovil 2-0 and it was a 2-0 win for Arsenal against Hull City. This evening, AFC Wimbledon hosts Liverpool. Thousands of people have signed an online petition against the possibility of League One side Oldham signing convicted rapist Ched Evans. It's understood the club has been in talks with the striker and a press conference is due later today. And finally, Gary Anderson has won his first PDC World Championship darts title after beating Phil Taylor, who was competing in his 20th final by 7 cents to 6 at Alexandra Palace. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 7 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So the debate of the day, should we have stopped saying Happy New Year? Oh, I've stopped saying it. I, I, don't, I never even really said it. What does it mean? Steve Bland, unfortunate name, on Twitter says, it's almost a week in, the time has passed, and it's rare that JD is correct about anything. Makes a good point. Makes a good point, Danny Kells. Good point. Yeah, well made. Good point, well made. Mm. Point that's so far been missed from the debate. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, there are kind of the last couple of weeks of shows have been very odd in that we've not really done stories. Um, and when we when I have gone to look at the newspapers, they've been bare, like old Mother Hubbard's cupboard. Uh, but they're they're kind of starting to put news back in the papers, aren't they? A bit. Well, kind of. The 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 the, the, the big story, of course, is the one. We can't talk about. Can't talk about it. Not because it's a BBC cover-up, as some people accused me of the other day, just because it's a legal minefield. Yes. And I don't want to get involved in that. It's in the papers. You know what they're saying. It's in the papers. You know what they're saying. You make your own minds up and don't even tell me what your thoughts are, please. Thank you very much. The prince to one side... What have we got? A diet of 120 sugar cubes a day. Way! It's like we're horses. Oh! Being constantly treated by um, benevolent owners. A war on sugar's being launched today, according to the Daily Express. Oh, yeah, you know, you know who's leading the charge? Ah, oh, it's pucker. It's pucker. It's pucker. Of course he is. Oh, it's pucker. It's Jamie Oliver. I bet he's got a new series on Channel 4 coming out. He's, got, he's Jamie, already on. Jamie's war against sugar. No, it's Jamie and his mate. Oh, flipping. Is that, is that what it's called? Jamie and his no, mate? No, something else, but it is Jamie and his mate. Jimmy, Banging on about sugar. Do you remember Jimmy off the farm? Jimmy's farm? No. <laughs> what? Is, did he... No, that was um, Rebecca That was Luce. his mate. No, no, he didn't do that. What, no. prob- mm, might have done that. He's a proper farmer. Because so. it's easy... Listen, fair play to, fair play to Jamie Oliver. Um, you're right, we should be avoiding uh, more sugar. And it's easy to do that when you're a multi-millionaire chef. Yeah? Am I right? I'm not wrong. Don't be jealous about it. I'm a little bit. I know you are. A war on sugar's being launched today as worrying research shows some British families eat 120 sugar cubes daily. Are they like Why? cola cubes? Because no. I would eat those. <laughs> I love it when you've got a bag of cola cubes in your pocket and they turn into one big giant cola cube oh, and you yeah. just got to lick it. <laughs> yeah. Do you Brit- like licking it, curls? Yep. Yeah. Britons are being urged to drastically cut back on sugar to slash soaring obesity and diabetes rate. I mean, it's just another way of saying don't eat like a pig. Which would be my uh, public health message. Wowzers. <laughs> Don't eat like a pig. Yeah, sugar, what do you need? sugar is the new... We, but we've heard this for a while, haven't yeah. we? Sugar is the new tobacco. 
Um, really? It's like Can you get passive sugar? Smelly people are the new fat people. This is my thing. 2015 is going to be the year of people sticking up for smelly people's rights. Right. Because you're not allowed to make jokes about fat people now, which is probably a good thing. Certainly not allowed to make jokes about blacks, Asians or gingers, which is a, a fantastic thing. Uh, but you're still allowed to laugh at smelly people. They've got rights. They've got feelings. They just stink. We haven't decided yet wh- um, who the papers hate more, posh people or common people. No, not that's yet. Still, that's still raging. But they love, they love um, well-dressed people, don't they? They do. And I was looking at this. Well, at least one of these is someone who's known for not having very many clothes on. Yeah, I know, I knew you'd spot Gandhi. <laughs> I knew you'd him. spot Gandhi. Jamie Dornan, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, We're f- not interested in his ties. Come on. We all know what's going the on there. The best dressed men. Well, but for, what's for a start, Scripshaw doing in there? Oh, he dresses like a clown, doesn't he? Dresses he dresses like he's on his way out. Prince George is 49th. Prince George is in 49th place. For best dressed men, he's a baby. His mum dresses him. Oh, but he's cute, though. No, I bet she doesn't. No, I bet she doesn't. <laughs> I did like that soldier tank top he had. I might make one of them. The Prince of Wales is the seventh best-dressed man, in, uh, according to GQ magazine. When it says best-dressed, it means, you know, he is dressed by someone else. Flippin', and Idris flipping Albert. Right, d- 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 2015. Here we go. This, is, this could, this could be Douglas good. Booth? I've got no idea. What is, what is 2015 the year of for you? Uh, for me, it's the year of the uh, smelly people, and it's also the year uh, that Idris Elba gets what's coming to him. <gasps> Which is a lot of success. Oh, no. No. And but applaud it. What is, the, what is 2015 for you? Oh, in fact, we can send just out on that. 08459 455555. I do not get Mr Elba. I wish him no harm or ill will. You do. I do. <laughs> I don't get him. I like him. Number As an actor. Number two is Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep. Who I was disappointed to find, to find out plays the... I was watching the, um, the Penguins of Madagascar film at the weekend that is flipping brilliant. It's such a good film. It's got the best chase sequence in ever. And uh, the voice of Dave, the uh, squid, and I was trying to think, who's that? Is that Hugh Laurie? No, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is the new Hugh Laurie. Do you know what? You moan about him and you say that he's not attractive and all these different things. I think you'd be mates with him. I wouldn't. You would. I reckon he's alright. Well, I don't know him. Yeah, I think you... Well, I think how, you'd am get on. how am I going to be mates with him, mate, if I've I don't know him? On, I've heard him on Graham Norton. He sounded quite nice. And who is Reddy, Eddie, Red, Reddy Eddie Redmayne? Eddie Redmayne's an actor with freckles. He's the best dressed man for. in the world. 08459. Can I say something about um, men and being dressed? Yeah, sure. It's not hard to be the best dressed man. Just have a wash. Look at me. And iron your clothes. Thank you. I ironed this shirt last night. What's 2015 the year for, of for you, Kelly? It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. What is... Uh, oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. smiles. I'm going to cut you off now, because that is nauseating. I think it's the year we get sacked. What? It's the year we get sacked, I'm going to bring Kelly back, because I no, prefer to... No, not the year I get sacked. What? Unless it... I'm going to cut you off again. Um, what makes you say that? What have you I heard? I just think we are going to get what sacked. What have you heard? Who have you spoken oh, to? I don't know. Well, everyone. What's uh, 2015 for you, uh, the year of? You can text us, 81333. Start your text 3CR, please. Oh, here we go. It's a brilliant made-up story. A made-up story in the Daily Express. I love it. It's brilliant and it's made up and it's a lie and it's nonsense and I'm surprised they've not put this on the front page. Yes, (laughs) it's made up and it's wonderful, right? EU Green Law puts Sunday roast at risk. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That's a lie. Traditional recipes will be useless thanks to EU power restrictions and ovens. No, it won't. That's a lie. That's a lie. Brussels bureaucrats. Uh, this is by Anil Dan- uh, Dawa. Brussels bureaucrats. In sprouts. Yes. Brussels bureaucrats are putting the Sunday roast at risk by targeting ovens to advance their green agenda. <laughs> a diktat. 
<laughs> I've never seen that word written down. A diktat from EU chiefs will impose power limits on all new cookers as a way of saving energy. That's a great idea. The unelected officials say they will save people up to £32 a year, but critics fear ovens will take longer to heat and render traditional recipes useless. So, what they're not saying is, you can't turn your oven up to 200 degrees. They're not saying that. They're going to change the wattage, which is what they did with hoovers. You remember they were going to limit the power of hoovers? Yeah, I thought we weren't going to be able to get hoovers anymore they because li- of Europe. They limited the wattage on hoovers. And, and hair going, dryers. Well, this is awful, but... Hoovers are more efficient than they were ten years ago, so by lowering the wattage, you're still getting the same suckage. By lowering the wattage on the ovens, you'll still get the same heat. But yet they've still gone to experts to get their opinions on this. Um, Campaigners say the rules are yet another case of the European Commission interfering in private lives. Jane Addy, who's a cordon bleu chef, also a member of cross-party group Get Britain Out, says, by limiting the power of new ovens and cooker hoods, Housewives will need to change recipes and all our cookbooks will be useless. No, they won't. (laughs) Meals will take longer to cook and cakes and food will be ruined. What? This is brilliant. UKIP MEP Gerard Batten called the new rules incompetent. The British Parliament decided to hand over energy policy to Brussels a long time ago. The only way to deal with it is to leave the EU. This is brilliant. Andrew Allison of the Freedom Association says the savings figure is theoretical. It could be that the more economical ovens will be more expensive to buy. They're saving you energy. And they're not saying you've got to get rid of your old ovens and you can still cook a roast dinner. And also, it's not Europe doing it to us. I know Europeans. I I know them and I know they use ovens and I know they like to cook. (laughs) So what the heck is that all about? Measures brought in on... I hate Europe. Measures brought in on January the 1st already demand that all electric goods, from modems to smart televisions, must be able to switch to standby if left idle for several minutes. Well, that'll save me energy! <laughs> save me money! Seriously affected are coffee lovers, forced to switch back <laughs> on percolators and filter machines to keep their brew warm. Oh, you're flipping it. It's utter bullshine! <sighs> oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I wanna go play hide and seek I wanna go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung And a wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do today Cause you make me feel so young You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung 
And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I wanna go and play hide and seek I wanna go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung Wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do me feel so young you make me feel so young you make me feel so young Ooh, you make me feel so young breaking news and we're going to go to travel so we'll come back to this in a second but we've been just, just refresh our minds of the story we've been talking about at the top of the show yeah, Catherine we were talking about the uh, Aylesbury uh, District Council uh, who has been at the centre of a Twitter row over the weekend for comments um, made from his account Mark Wynn Conservative Mark Wynn wasn't it yep, yep. Um, suggesting that what did, exactly was the wording of it there um, he has, uh, was watching an episode of uh, it casualty. was Casualty wasn't it and um, uh, the storyline saw him talk Talking to a young man, mum. This is Charlie Fairhead was talking yes. to young, not him. <laughs> um, who's uh, thought to be a drug addict but turns out to be suffering from malnutrition and it then goes on to suggest she goes to food banks. And uh, Mark Wynn, councillor, suge- uh, tweeted, See, BBC are up to supporting Labour propaganda rubbish. The people visiting food banks are those with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. And he, um, he has since suspended, at least, his Twitter account. There was a backlash. Lots of people have taken screenshots of what he said and are still holding it against him. Um, we've had some communication from him this we'll, morning. We'll come to that in a second because we have to go travel. But, but he has, Mr Wynn has, uh, has just been in touch with us and we thank you for calling in, Mark. And he sent us uh, a statement. We shall read that in a second. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to get quite busy on the M1 towards London around Junction 9 for Redbourne and having a look at the speed sensors on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's starting to get quite busy between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Also getting quite busy around on the North Circle... North Orbital Road around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout in Hatfield Great North Road has the roadworks at Southway but that's looking fine at the moment but expect that to get busy later on this morning and on the trains Thameslink are not serving London Bridge they are going to Elephant and Castle instead and on the Northern Line uh, there are minor delays if you're using the London Underground this morning Samantha Braff BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Samantha 6.47, it's Monday the 5th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Conservative councillor in Aylesbury is being criticised for saying that food banks are only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. And coming up, we'll have an exclusive statement from that councillor. A post-mortem has revealed that a man from Potton, who was found dead in a car, had been shot in the back. And Watford are out of the FA Cup after a 3-0 defeat at Chelsea. Let's get the weather. Here's Alina Jenkins. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Ian, good morning. Not as cold today. This time yesterday we had temperatures around minus three and freezing fog. At the moment it's around two or three Celsius. Still some fog around but a stronger breeze today so that fog should clear away quite swiftly. We're going to keep quite a lot of cloud through the day. They could bring some outbreaks of light rain or drizzle but not amounting to much. Most places largely dry and milder day. A high of nine Celsius, 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Similar conditions tonight. Largely cloudy, some fog over high ground. Bit of light rain and drizzle at times. It could pep up through the early hours. All of that combined will keep temperatures well above freezing at around 5 or 6 Celsius and continuing cloudy and breezy tomorrow. There'll be a bit more rain around tomorrow, still patchy in nature, but it could turn heavier through the afternoon. And another mild day, a high tomorrow of 11 Celsius. Clear and cold as we go into Wednesday, but after a bright and sunny start, it will become cloudier and windier with some outbreaks of rain later in the day. If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. But we're happy to celebrate Elstree's past. People don't realise, they just simply do not know the output that's come from this little town in Hertfordshire. But there is a way you can hear it all again. People used to walk along the high street, famous people such as Sophia Loren and Elizabeth Taylor. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio, allowing you to listen to what you missed. The biggest Hollywood names, they've all fallen in love with it. There was always different stars coming in and out. That was always nice about that. When I first got there, I wanted to see the soundstage where we were to construct one of our largest sets, which was the Well of the Souls. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Call 08459 455 555. Right. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, a quick recap. Uh, story in the, in the Independent newspaper. I also had a um, uh, Drake, there's uh, a listener, castle, who yeah. sent, me, uh, sent me the link for it as well. So, thank you for that. And I know Paul Scoyne spotted it as well yesterday. Um, Conservative councillor Mark Wynne from Aylesbury Vale District. Uh, was watching Casualty. He got offended by Casualty. I'm guessing he didn't work out what the accident was going to be. It's the game we all like to play. <laughs> uh, and he was upset with Charlie Fairhead and he tweeted in regards to uh, food banks, CBBC are up to supporting Labour propaganda. Rubbish. The people visiting food banks are those with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. Uh, he since suspended his... Um, uh, his Twitter account, not necessarily deleted it. We tried to get Mr Wynn on the show, and he very kindly got in touch with us this morning. Thank you, Mr Wynn. And by the way, open invitation, 08459 455555, um, uh, if you want to come and put forward your, your side of the story. He has sent us a statement this morning, yeah, hasn't Yeah, because I emailed him early doors this morning when it was too early to give him a ring. Um, and he's got back, so thank you very much for doing that, Councillor Wynn. He says, I don't want to be interviewed on air, but offer the following. To clarify what I said was not at any point denying the need for food banks. I did try and say that in Twitter, but I was been subjected to what was a politically motivated campaign that has got lost in the noise. It's an issue with Twitter that such things can happen. As I explained to someone who wanted to reasonably discuss it, I know someone very close who had a nervous breakdown and lived in a hostel where they were of course fed, so I understand and appreciate the role charities play when people find themselves in need through circumstances that are beyond their control. I appreciate that I may have left myself open by trying to express a view on Twitter where there are not enough words to express what you really mean. I really should have said some people have addictions or mental health problems that might use food banks. As a result of not doing so, I left myself open. A lesson learned from someone who is still a very junior politician. Because of some of the vile comments that were coming through on Twitter and the fact that people did not want to listen and it got themselves worked into, into a frenzy, I've deleted my Twitter account. So, in conclusion, I appreciate the need for food banks for use of people in need, whatever their personal circumstances. And I salute the work that staff in them do and I will myself go. I will go and visit oh. food bank in the next few weeks. I hope that's helped clarify matters. Well, couple of things. Um, it's interesting he still mentions the point about people with, with, with drug and alcohol problems using food banks, because I know that that attracted some criticism. Some people saying, 
yeah and um interesting he's going to go to a food bank i'd like to go with him I think you should um, have a little word with him, see if, we, okay. see if you can pop along with him and uh, record that. And also, 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 in this age, and this is not a phrase I use um, uh, very often because I think it's misused, but in this age of what people label political correctness, isn't it refreshing that somebody, a, 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 a councillor, a politician, whatever, is saying what they think? Because trust me, guys, between now and the general election, nobody's going to be saying what they think. No one's going to say what they think because they'll be scared. And the big criticism for a lot of politicians is that they are towing a line and you don't believe that what they're saying is what they feel. You know, there are a lot of politicians who we speak to on the programme and you ask them as an individual what their reaction to a story is and they will they will try to sort of shrug it off and talk about what what the party believes. Now, what do we want? Do we want people to be honest on Twitter or do we want them to be careful? That's the question we're asking this morning. Yeah, uh, this is why um, there is such a rise of Nigel Farage, Nigel Farage, however we're saying it this week, because he kind of says what he thinks. And then he apologises afterwards if it causes too much of a furore, doesn't he? But Mm. he does say what he thinks, or at least you get the feeling that he's saying what he thinks. Uh, 08459 455555. More of the papers after this.
Catherine has uh, just highlighted um, uh, a very dis- di- disturbing and depressing photograph in the newspapers. People it's a, it's trying a, desperately to be jolly about getting married. Oh, it's a wedding photo and it's just thoroughly unpleasant. Go on. They're having a Disney wedding. Uh, well, hang on a minute. Fred Flintstone isn't Disney. He's Hanna-Barbera. Well, cartoons then. I mean, for heaven's sake. These people... They... People have had to dress up as their favourite cartoon The bride character. is 32. Grow up. It's like people that drive around with teddy bears in the back of their car, you know, on the passenger, the, the parcel shelf. Grow up. Here's a question, and this will sound, this will sound troublesome... But it, trust me, it isn't. Why do Asian gentlemen, don't put that panic away, drive round with um, such ornate ha- uh, uh, tissue boxes in the back of their car? And it is, it is only Asian gentlemen. If I'm incorrect, 08459 But with these wonderfully ornate... The silvery ones, I've the seen The silver or they're gold or they're like um, uh, uh, red with crystals on for tissues. What what is that? Am, is, am I missing something from Asian culture? I don't know. What is that about? But I'm glad that they are, um, you know, using a tissue. Oh, I, it, but it's, it's catch on, it, kill it. No, but it's, it's on the it, back. It. It's on the back shelf. Maybe they don't do the thing when they stick it up there. Oh sleeves, no, like, I hope they don't. Like my mum, Caucasians. My mum did that. If they are about to sneeze, do they like unclick a scroll right to the back and get a tissue uh, and then come back? Or again? do they pull? Do they pull off on the hard shoulder? Maybe they do that. I think it's purely for the passenger's use, and maybe there's a sm- small box of tissues at the front. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Are you an Asian man? Explain. Anyway, this wedding. This wedding, flipping heck. A couple had a true fairy tale wedding. No, they didn't. They had a really tacky wedding. <laughs> After seventy guests dressed as Disney characters and some Hannah Barbara. Including the mother-in-law as Cruella Deville, hey. Tony and Eric Orford dressed as Beauty and the Beast. Guess which one was which? As they walked down the aisle, Beauty and among the, the characters, beast. many of them doubles. Snow and I don't mean that they looked just like the cartoon. Two I mean, Fred Flintstones. They didn't coordinate their outfits. Two Mary Poppins. There'd too many Snow Whites as well. And, of course, loads of Elsas, little ones. Anyway, uh, among the characters were Snow White, Mary Poppins, Minnie Mouse and Goofy. Fair play, Goofy did look quite good. I never really dreamt of a big white dress. I wanted to be laid back and I wanted everyone to have fun. She's got a great big yellow dress. (laughs) That was good. She wanted to be laid back on her wedding, did she? Good for her. (laughs) She's dressed as Belle. Let's end that story there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. On the subject of, uh, do we stop saying we should have stopped saying Happy New Year last week? Do you know what we should be saying for this Navidad? Tonight is the night the three kings come to the children of Spain and give them their presents. Don't They've en- had to wait so long. Don't encourage Jose Feliciano, a gentleman who I've met. He's very nice. Is did he you, blind? Don't know. Why did he say you look nice? Uh, Steve says, almost a weekend, the time has passed, it's rare that JD is correct about anything, and then Justin has just replied with a torrent of abuse, uh, and Ben says, J-Dog is right, until the end of this week we say Happy New Year. Get real, losers! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound, it's starting to look very busy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Having a look at the cameras on the M1 towards London, it's quite busy between Junction 9 for Redbourne and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And the M25 anti-clockwise is very slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. On the North Orbital Road, it's very busy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts. And in Hatfield on the Great North Road, there's the roadworks at Southway, so that could cause some problems later on. But it's moving fine at the moment. On the trains on the departure towards Snow Ports, major problems but Thameslink services are not calling at London Bridge they go to Elephant and Castle instead Samantha Bruff BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Samantha So three questions for you 
when do we stop saying Happy New Year? What's 2015 the year of for you? And your politicians and councillors, do you want them to be honest or careful? We'll speak after the news with Lee. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Aylesbury Councillor causes online row over food banks. Murdered man from Potton was shot in the back. An IVF treatment restricted in Bedfordshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Conservative councillor in Aylesbury is being criticised for comments he made online about food banks. According to a national newspaper, Mark Wynne said they're only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. Catherine Boyle has the details. According to the Independent newspaper reports, the Aylesbury Vale councillor for Bedgrove, Mr Wynne, made the comments on Twitter following an episode of Casualty on Saturday night. It featured the story of a young woman who was thought to be suffering from drug abuse but actually had malnutrition. Although Mr Wynne had some support, he was criticised for saying the programme was propaganda on food banks. He since deleted the tweet and suspended his Twitter account. A post-mortem has revealed that a man from Bedfordshire who was found dead in Cambridgeshire was shot in the back. 36-year-old Jesse Smith from Potton was found dead in a car at Burwell in the early hours of New Year's Day. Women in Bedfordshire having trouble conceiving will only be entitled to one free cycle of IVF from now on. Previously, the NHS in the county said it was prepared to offer three cycles for those aged between 23 and 42. Tony Fisher has more. Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group says it currently spends almost £800,000 each year on specialist fertility treatments. By providing only one free IVF cycle, it will instead spend half this amount. In making the decision, the organisation, which is facing a deficit of £25 million, says it considered the affordability of IVF treatment and the impact this expenditure might have on other vital health services. The housing charity Shelter says more than 3 million people could miss their rent or mortgage payments in January. It says a quarter of people would feel too ashamed to ask for help. Roger Harding is from the charity. It's really important to get help early on if you're worried that you are struggling and could be struggling more in the future because expert advice from Shelter and other organisations is just a call or a click away and it really can make all the difference to making sure that you can stay in your home and manage your bills. It's the first day back for many commuters travelling into London with ticket prices on the trains having risen again. The government says the increases are necessary to pay for rail improvements, while Labour wants rail fares capped. Commuters at Hemel Hempstead railway station say they're not impressed. Services are appalling, no value for money. London Midland just cancel trains, irrespective of any passenger. When things go wrong... You know, they can't help that, but it's how they deal with it. And I think when things do go wrong, there's no help and no, you know, there's no staff about, there's no information. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people moan about. In sport, Watford are out of the FA Cup after losing 3-0 at Chelsea in the third round. And the weather will be murky this morning with cloud and drizzle. Top temperatures around 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Morning. 
this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're back in the New York groove. Coming up on the show, Charlie Fairhead, Beef in Bucks. That's the best one you've ever done, Catherine. Well done. You're welcome. One shot IVF in beds and Justin's talking trains, as well as the usual rubbish that he spouts. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. And the, by, by rubbish, you you just did a Happy New Year to someone. Who was that to? I only did it in response to jo- Jonathan's very kind wishes of a Happy New Year, but I never initiate. If he comes in here at quarter past eight and wishes me a Happy New Year, I'm going to... You're going to say Happy New Year back? Oh, I'm not going to say that. By default, quite a polite could you, person. In fact, could you have a word with him before he comes in, just yeah. saying don't... No, just say, um, Ian's really strict on this. Please don't wish him a Happy New Year. I don't do that stuff. Come on, I mean, who are you now? Tom Cruise? Am I going to be telling people not to look you in the eye next? Don't look me in the eye. Which one? Catherine. 08459 455 555. Yes, we say Happy New Year on on New Year's Day. I'll even give you the second. But beyond that, uh, uh, no, of course we don't. Happy Epiphany. Oh, I'll give you an epiphany in a minute. What's an epiphany again? Three kings came, you see. This is when they came with Sorry? the Sorry? The three kings come bearing gifts. That's what the uh, Spaniards celebrate. I don't know whether they do the same in uh, Italy. I wouldn't be at all oh, surprised. Oh, listen to you. Can I just say, it's the year of a general election. We're supposed to be impartial. And there you go, <laughs> bigging up Europe. For goodness sakes. We will lose our jobs because of that. We will lose our jobs. Now... Uh, An Aylesbury Vale district councillor has found himself at the centre of a Twitter row after suggesting food banks were only visited by people with drug and mental health problems. We're asking on the back of this, do you want uh, your councillors, your politicians, your people in power to be honest or careful? Uh, According to the Independent newspaper, the backlash was such that, well, according to Conservative Mark Wynne himself, Mm -hmm. he suspended his Twitter account. And it all started with casualty, didn't it, Catherine? It did, and we've since spoken to Mr Wynne, so we know that this is what happened, that um, uh, he was reacting to a storyline involving the mild-mannered nurse, um, Charlie Fairhead. Charlie Fairhead. I was unaware that Charlie Fairhead was still in uh, casualty. Okay, so what happened? So Charlie Fairhead was involved in a storyline on Saturday night where he he was dealing with a young mum who was at, um, at first suspected of being a drug addict. It later transpired that she was suffering from malnutrition. Uh. Um, and she was sort of blaming herself for her child having been run over in the street. Um, Charlie Fairhead uttered the words, you're not a bad mother, it's a system that's wrong, it's unforgivable. Now this is what seems to have prompted this comment from Char- Councillor Wynne. I, I haven't seen Casualty for a long time, but Charlie's a bit of a lefty, isn't he, in the programme? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's the spokesperson for the BBC, but I remember him being a bit of a union man, a bit of a lefty. Yeah. Okay. This is what seems to have fired up Councillor Wynne. And the screenshots circulated on Twitter say that he made the following comment from his account. And this is verbatim. CBBC, and this is C. S-E-E, not CBBC. I see that the BBC, yeah. Yeah, rather than, you know... Andy and uh, Katie. I don't think they'd get involved in this, would they? No. CBBC are up to supporting Labour propaganda rubbish. The people visiting food banks are those with drug and alcohol and mental health problems. Got him 34 retweets, seven favourites and a whole lot of trouble, which led to him deleting his account. Now, uh, surprisingly, there have been some, uh, 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 on Twitter, some angry responses. Just give us a couple of those. Yeah, the ones that don't contain swear words. Scarlet Wilde, I hope that one day you are destitute and rummaging in bins for something to eat, vile creature. Uh, Tom Wilson, the Tory councillor that attacked food banks because they are used by the mentally ill. 
has blocked me. Classy guy. And Deborah wrote, I'm not an addict, not mentally ill, and I work. Single mum, two kids, need food bank to survive. I, I mean, the, the blocking on Twitter, people take that. So I block, I block people all the time on Twitter because I don't want to read what, what they're necessarily saying to me. Well, we, we've tried to get Mr. Councillor Wynn on the show. Yeah, because we want to give him a fair go. Really. Uh, and uh, he has been in touch this morning, hasn't yes. he? He doesn't want to come on air yet, no. but he has sent us a, a, an exclusive statement. Yes, he says, to clarify what I said, I was not at any point denying the need for food banks. I did try to say that in Twitter, but I was being subjected to what was a politically motivated campaign that has since got lost in the noise. It's an issue with Twitter that such, such things can happen. As I explained to someone who wanted to reasonably discuss it, I know someone very close who had a nervous breakdown and lived in a hostel where they were, of course, fed. So I understand and appreciate the role charities play when people find themselves in need through circumstances that are beyond their control. I appreciate that I may have left myself open by trying to express a view on Twitter where there are not enough words to express what you really mean. I really should have said that some people have addictions or mental health problems that might use food banks. As a result of not doing so, I left myself open. A lesson learned from someone who's still a very junior politician. Because of some of the vile comments that were coming through on Twitter and the fact that people did not want to listen and got themselves worked up into a frenzy, I have deleted my Twitter account. So, in conclusion, I appreciate the need for food banks, for use of people in need, whatever their personal circumstances, and I salute the work that staff in them do, and I will myself, I will go and I will go and visit a food bank in the next few weeks. I hope that helps clarify matters. Catherine, there's a phone call coming through. I'm not quite sure what that was, but it might be relevant. Thank you for that. Uh, we're asking this morning, would you like your politicians and your councillors to be honest or careful? 08459 You can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR and have your say there. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, people trying for families in Bedfordshire will, uh, from now on, only be entitled to one free cycle of IVF. Previously, the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group said it was prepared to offer three cycles for women aged 23 and uh, between 23 and 42 years old. In Buckinghamshire, only one free cycle is offered, and in parts of Hertfordshire, the number of cycles has been reduced from three to two. Well, Mark Diane is uh, Policy Officer at the Nuffield Trust. Morning, Mark. Morning. Mark, what kind of financial pressures are clinical commissioning groups under? Well, across the country, almost every clinical commissioning group will be facing quite a difficult set of circumstances. Um, demand on NHS services has been going up for reasons like obesity and an ageing population. And at the same time, obviously, we've had quite tight spending settlements recently. So although this is a very tough decision that might be quite difficult for a lot of people trying to have children, um, you would hope that it was taken because the local NHS in Bedfordshire has looked at its alternatives given the financial pressure it's under and thought maybe this is the least bad option. Uh, this reduction in rounds of IVF treatment, is it, is it a trend that's, that, that we're seeing across the country, Mark? Um, it, to some extent it is. There's been a reduction in the number of places that offer all three cycles. Um, although at the same time, places that used to not offer IVF at all have increasingly come under pressure to at least um, provide one cycle to women trying for children. Um, so it, it, as, as these pressures apply across the country, there is that trend, yes. Do you think that we might... See, that this could be the, the, the kind of the beginning of um, reductions in, in more treatments that are not perceived as being life-threatening? Because as we know that the NHS is under incredible financial strain... Um, could this just be the start of something, do we think? There are some signs of that, and other um, procedures that are con sometimes considered to be sort of on the boundary of what the NHS will provide, like um, varicose vein surgery, have uh, also been going down in recent years. I think it's important to remember that 
although this kind of postcode lottery can seem unfair from your point of view as a taxpayer, because obviously everybody is paying the same, um, it does, there is also the, the sort of counterbalance that you don't want an NHS where every decision is made in you know, the basement of some distant building. There is a case for kind of local control. So it's probably a kind of uh, argument and discussion that will be coming up more and more. In. It's a strange one, this, Mark, because I, I, I know several people who've had children uh, through IVF. None of the other conventional methods uh, worked, and that's mm. great, and their lives are blessed because of it. But it isn't. Um, you know, when we hear cutbacks in, in, in kind of medicine and treatment for life-threatening diseases, it isn't a life-threatening condition, is it? And it, uh, it kind of leaves me scratching my head as to whether this should be on the NHS at all, really. It's a very difficult one. Um, the National Institute for Clinical Excellence, which kind of sort of decides or recommends what the NHS should be providing, has found that because of the sort of, as you say, the, the uplifting quality of life that successful fertility treatment can bring, mm. it is cost-effective when you compare it to some other treatments. But as you say, it's also perhaps not um, as straightforward a case of curing a medical complaint as, as some other things are. Um, and I think with the NHS and the very tough financial situation it's in, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say one way or the other, but there will be a need to look very carefully at the sort of overall set of what's being provided and what we're able to carry on with to what standard. Mark, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Mark Diane from uh, Policy Officer at the Nuffield Trust. And I know whenever we do this, we get lots of phone calls from um, um, parents or people wanting to be parents who say, well, hang on a second. Uh, the fact that I can't have children is a condition, is a, a medical condition that should be treated on the NHS. And I say I know people that have had kids on, on, uh, with IVF that has been funded by NHS and, boy, their lives are wonderful because of it. But, you know, I don't... I don't I, it kind of leaves me scratching. I know there's, there's, there's talk of, of not treating people if they smoke or if they're fat um, because we, it, it, it's not cost-effective. I, I don't know if IVF is. It should be an NHS thing. We've spoken to people who've had tummy tucks or those gastric bypasses yep. or gastric bands um, who have been left with, you know, bodies that they're not happy with. Anymore. Flabby bellies. Yeah, and they've been told that tummy tucks are not, are not something that the NHS can help them with. I mean, I guess that's the way things are going to end up going, unless the money starts to pour in and I don't see where it's going to come from. But by then, by, by if, if we were to say, and I don't know what my thoughts are on this, by the way, you can help me explore them if you want, 08459 455555. If we say that we don't give any IVF uh, treatment on the NHS, then that, w that means that only rich people can have babies via IVF. So that's exclusive. But if you're cutting... Have I got this right? If you cut the number of cycles down from three down yes. to one, you're dramatically reducing the chances... Of that actually working. Exactly. Not very many people get pregnant on the first cycle. So it's almost like, you know, dangling a carrot that oh. they'll never reach, so to speak. <laughs> and I think that's the problem. That's why many of them are going for IVF. I wonder whether, you know, if you do your research and, and if you're going for IVF, you will read everything about it. You will know that this is the possibility and the probability. And maybe it'll just give you a flavour of something and you see whether you, you start saving up straight away. So there's that debate as to whether IVF should be on the NHS. And it's one that we've had before and I'm happy to indulge it again. But but it, it, it does, as I was saying to Mark, and you raised this point, Catherine, it then does say that if, if this is being cut back and looked at as um, luxury, slightly wrong word, but it'll do for the moment, what other treatments will we start to lose? Well, they'll start judging things on the basis of being, well, that's sad for you, but it's not life-threatening. Yeah. Corrective, uh, you know, plastic surgery after an accident or, or something. Or if you've, you know, if you've had breast cancer. Are they going to reconstruct your breast for you? 08459 four double five five double five is the phone number. You can also send us a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Let's, uh, let's get the travel. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 southbound at the Great North Road in Roxton, there are queues approaching the Black Cat roundabout now from the junction for the A428 to Eton Soken. Having a look at the motorways on the A1M southbound is very busy between junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Also looking very slow on the M25 anti-clockwise between junction 21 for the M1 and 15 for the M4. And further afield on the M1 southbound, there's a lane blocks at junction 16 for Daventry and that's because a car's broken down. It's causing queues from junction 17 for Dunchurch. On the trains no reports of any delays at the moment, but Thameslink services are going to Elephant and Castle instead of London Bridge because of engineering works. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha, thank you very much. We've had we've had a good tweet, Catherine. I, I, Tim I, Tim sends good tweets. I'm assuming that this is an original of yours, Tim, because it, it it's very good. Yeah. A politician's tweet is like an episode of Game of Thrones. 140 characters and usually a tragic ending. Oh, Tim. Tim. If you want to tweet us, at Ian Lee, at 3CR Kate, or at BBC... Well, hang on, what's the, what's the official Twitter that we should be giving out? BBC. Who? Sorry? At BBC 3CR. Yeah, that'll do. 7.16. It's uh, Monday, the 5th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Conservative councillor in Aylesbury has caused a storm on Twitter by saying food banks are only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. Detectives say a man from Potton who was found dead in a car had been shot in the back. And Labour says it would cap rail fares as commuters face ticket price rises after the Christmas break. BBC Three Counties Radio. When you need local news. Four giant wind turbines won't be built in the Buckinghamshire village of Stoke Hammond. When you need local travel. Well, better news now about the southbound in one all lane to back open after that uh, earlier multiple uh, car accident. When you need local weather. Cloud we have got is breaking at times and is letting a little bit of brightness through, so it's not too gloomy, is it? BBC Three Counties Radio is here with local up-to-date news and travel bulletins throughout the day. You'll always be up-to-date. Delays there of around 40 to 50 minutes. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. If you want to uh, uh, also comment about uh, Mark Wynn, uh, you can do by um, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. And lots of you talking about kind of the Tory policies on um, uh, benefits and things like that, which is kind of cool. But the question, what, what is the question around this, this councillor? The question is, I mean, we're talking about Twitter rousing, you know, in general. The question is about this one is, would you rather your councillors, your politicians were honest on Twitter or careful? So it's kind of moving away from, you know, the, the, the debate about um, uh, the, 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 the Tories' uh, attitude towards benefits and Labour's attitude and all of that kind of stuff is, is one that we've done and someone else will do a lot better uh, than us. Mark Wynn's statement on there as well. He's saying yeah. that the, the point he was trying to make was more subtle. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think the question is, you're right, is do we want our politicians and our councillors and our people in authority to be honest or careful? And that's, I think it's much more exciting, and they won't be honest. There'll be a few, probably a few UKIPers uh, that say uh, what are perceived as inappropriate things on Twitter, and then they'll, they'll get deleted and um, they'll get booted out as the election approaches. But you, you'll get very few people from the, uh, the, the main parties saying exactly what they think and what they feel and about people it. People are wise to that now, aren't they? Yeah. I think, well... I think so. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. 
Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now it's back to work for those of you who've been making the most of the festive holidays. And boy, oh boy, isn't it good to be back in a routine. But you might notice a little less change in your pocket after buying your train ticket this morning as rail fares have increased. The government says the increases are regrettable but necessary while Labour want rail fares capped. Well, the Shadow Transport Secretary, Michael Duger, is talking to commuters outside Watford Junction Station this morning. Morning, Michael. Good morning. Why Watford Junction? Well, Watford Junction is one of the places where we looked at the figures and the increase in fares since 2010 um, for a local season ticket there has been over £500. That's a 22% increase. Also on that London Midland line, Milton Keynes to London, a season ticket has gone up 28% since uh, 2010. It's now over £1,000. These are people who are just going to work. It's a pretty extortionate rises. And, of course, those more than 20% rises in fares since David Cameron became Prime Minister. That's more than three times the increase in average wages over that five-year period. So that's why we're campaigning not just in Watford. I was down at King's Cross on Friday, and we're going to be doing this all over the country. Um, Fares did go up when Labour were in power, weren't they? They did. They went up. Um, I mean, it's worth noting that in, uh, I think, if we're going to look at the past, in six out of the 13 years that Labour were in government, fares were either uh, inflation plus uh, zero or inflation uh, minus one. And what about the other years? There were some fare increases during that time. Don't forget, though, this was a period when the economy was doing very well and people's wages were doing well and there was a need to get some investment in. Now, you can get investment in the railways from a number of sources. The taxpayer still makes up a huge uh, burden. Uh, The passenger, obviously, is a source through the uh, fares. But what we're saying is these train operating companies, like the London Midlands of this world, making big profits, they've got to really put their hand in their pocket too. But there's a few things that you can do, practical things, to help people uh, listen to your show. We've said that you mentioned about capping fares. We think there should be a strict cap on all the regulated fares and all the routes. We think you should get rid of something called the flex. And this was something the previous Labour government actually abolished in 2009. It's the ability for the operating companies to charge up to 5% more than the, uh, than the RPI uh, model. We got rid of that before the last election, and we said that the go- this government reintroduced it. And that's one of the reasons why you've had these inflation-busting fare increases. So what would, the, under a Labour government, Michael, what would the cap be? Well, we said there would be a strict cap. That was something that we'd have to work out, obviously, year on year. But there would so be you don't a have a figure? Cap. We don't at the moment, but what we've said is also there's a couple of other things you can do. Let's simplify the ticketing. Because there, just, just to go back to the cap, Michael, because there is, there is a cap this year, isn't it? It, it, it can't be above 2.5%. Yep, they've, they've frozen it uh, this so year. So would, would, your, would your cap be, be less no, than we, that? We supported this increase. What the government has done this year, we've actually called for every year. So the reason why you've had these inflation-busting rises over the last five years is because the government has only chosen to do it in this one general election Would, would your cap be less than 2.5%? Well, we'd have to look at each year. The, go- right. the government has to assess that. So they're doing. The, the Tories are doing what, what, you, what you're, you're saying you would introduce. They're doing it well, already. We've had. We've had. We would have a strict cap. The government has got a cap this year. We said you should have a strict cap every year. But there's other big changes you can make. There should be a legal right for all passengers to get the cheapest ticket. That doesn't happen at the moment. You need much more simplified ticketing. And they've introduced. The, they're introducing that as well, aren't they? Aren't they no, making not. it? What, they, what they've said is, if you look at the detail, they said there's a voluntary code of conduct. 
conduct that they've still yet fully drafted with the industry. This is just something the operating companies are kind of stitching up themselves. But the, 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 no ticket, machines, the ticket machines have to say that you can get cheaper tickets no, by going well, to... Well, saying, the government said that they may, uh, by, by March, right. produce a, an ability where the ticket machine simply might tell you that you could get a better deal if you go to the ticket office. Now, you know, if you're down at Watford Junction or Milton Keynes or your listeners and you're dashing for that train, the idea that you can go to the ticket machine and then you can be referred to some sort of, you know, one-on-one in-depth uh, advice session at the ticket office. You know, the ticket offices are, are not actually open uh, a lot of the time in many of these stations. So this is a complete nonsense. So you've got to simplify the ticketing, but you've got to give passengers a statutory right to the cheapest ticket. That would make a big, uh, a big difference to people as well. But the other thing is, passengers are the only people on the railways that have no voice in the running of our railways. And that's one of the reasons why people listening to your show keep getting clobbered at the ticket machine and are seen as a soft touch by this government and by the operating companies, and that's got to change. And how long are you going to be at Watford today? We'll be at Watford for an hour. We're going all around the country. As I say, we're going to take this campaign uh, to commuters. Uh, and who are you, who are you going to speak region. to? all over the country. But who, who, who are you going to... Are people going to be able to speak to you at Watford? Of course, absolutely. That's the whole point of going. So I'm going to be talking to commuters, um, seeing what they think about the, uh, the rail fare rises, also about what they think of the service on, uh, on London Midland, and also so what are the changes they'd like to see. You know, this has got to be as much about listening as it is about but highlighting it's, it, it's a bit of a safe bet, isn't it? crisis facing it, listeners to your show. It's a safe bet, isn't it, Michael? They're going to say they don't approve of the increases and they don't like uh, the rail service but but they would have said exactly the same thing under labor wouldn't they no, well, they, actually, what they generally find is they'll say the service can be improved. They'll say, we think there should be more information to passengers. Uh, why is it that you can be stood at that platform and then you can see that your next train uh, maybe has been cancelled, but then the one after that is running on time. So you think, well, I shan't make alternative arrangements. I will wait for the next one. And then, lo and behold, a few minutes before it's due in, it pops up that it's been cancelled. It's also the lack of information uh, that is infuriating. And when people are paying so much and don't forget this cost of living crisis rail fares is only part of it people know when their energy bill drops through their door um, that the cost of living squeeze is going on of course they pick up their newspapers and they find out that people at the very top the millionaires have had a tax cut and people just say that can't be right but but michael why why are you talking to the people it seems you know kind of what the answers are going to be anyway this is just electioneering isn't it no, no, I think we've got some of the answers. Actually, one of the uh, big answers um, is how do you get a much stronger passenger voice? Now, talking to passengers today is part of that, but they should have a role front and centre in the running of our railways. The government has a slightly ironically named body called the Rail Delivery Group, and that is exclusively made up of Network Rail and the operating companies and the freight, and it's the industry stitching up the running of the railways, and the passengers have no voice in that. And we've seen with some of these franchises some of the ludicrous uh, services. You know, East Coast Main Line was the only uh, franchise in 2014 that actually cut fares in real time. So that's run by the public sector. So the well, I, I was, was going to ask, a lot of people, it was a Tony Blair policy until he got into power, the Greens support it, the renationalisation of the railways. Would, would Labour consider that? Well, 
I don't think people want to go back to a sort of 1980s British Rail model, but I think where people are right to highlight is I think there should be far greater role for the public sector and far greater public accountability. East Coast Mainline is a great example, you know. That was something that was brought back into the public sector, so the running of that rail line in 2009. Since then, they've got very, very good passenger satisfaction. They've returned uh, nearly a billion pounds of profit to the Exchequer. So the government had to decide what are we going to do in terms of running East Coast Main Line. So they had a competition, but they actually barred East Coast Main Line, the people who currently run the service, from even bidding for that contract because they're public sector and they're British. And yet they allowed French nationalised industries to bid for it as well. So I think you've got to have a position where you've got a strong public sector operator able to take on and challenge these private companies in terms of the franchising. It's one of the reasons why we've said we should review the whole of the franchising arrangement. Okay. Michael, it's just not fit for purpose Michael, for I appreciate your time this morning. Michael Duger, uh, Shadow Transport Secretary, will be at Watford Station today if you want to have a chat with him. Joined now by Conservative MP for Watford, Richard Harrington. Uh, Richard, uh, the, why aren't rail fares capped? Yeah, uh, I did have a chat with Michael this morning after I bought my weekly season ticket. So bit of a way with him. Well... You managed, um, you could afford the season ticket, could you, Richard? Well, it was £73 uh, for a week. Um, now, and how much of an increase is that? Uh, I, I was actually trying to look up on my credit card what I paid last time. It's about two or three pounds. Yeah, so two or three um, pounds a yeah. week. So that, well, that's, a, that's 120 yeah. odd quid a year. Um, Not everyone could afford that, can they? No, well, look, they're too expensive. Regulated fares, as Michael said, have been capped. Basically, everything that Labour said they're going to do has been done. But the fact is, what people, people understand they have to pay for rail. They know that if they don't pay, it's going to be paid by the taxpayer. And they are the taxpayer. So Ed Miliband makes a speech in August. I tried to work out how much that capping would cost the taxpayer. It was about £10 billion. Well, it's got to come from somewhere, and people aren't completely stupid. But people don't have seats, trains are late, That's services are rubbish, services are being cancelled. People, you, people are furious, this Richard. This is the main point, and I use that train all the time. I can tell you how many people I speak to. I've had a, I presented a survey to the chief executive of London Midland, uh, 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 you know, with a petition attached to it, with more than 5,000 signatures locally um, and I think I should just tell people what actually has been done because um, I'm very anti-London Midland. I've lobbied the Secretary of State about the franchise, that, that they don't get it when it's renewed, but to give them credit over the last year I think some things have been improved. There are new trains on the route which is giving an extra 600 more rush hour seats which means a lot. I was on the first train that went up But there. you'd expect, when your people are paying more and I more do. and more, you'd totally. expect to have I'm, a seat. The fact that it's you. being cited as as, as a wonderful thing that some people can now sit down. That, no, you know, people want I, I to sit totally down. I totally agree. I think it's totally substandard. Why have fares gone up so much under, under, the conserv- under the coalition? Well, they went up. I mean, this is all rubbish. They rose two-thirds under Labour. You know, this is this happened year after year after year. You get. But they've also gone up. But okay, well, if, if you're and, upset and with Michael them going Duga, up under Labour, his last job was special advisor to Gordon okay. Brown. I but mean, he knows we can, all about. We, this we can all, we can all, you know, let's stop throwing mud around at each other. Well, I'm not but, throwing but, mud around, but he he but, comes to but, Watford once in four okay. years, but, but, and he but, makes these comments without Richard, really knowing what, what but, goes but, on. But Richard, fares have gone up significantly under the coalition. Uh, it's, it's gone up beyond the rate of inflation. Uh, people are having to fork out more and more money just to get to work. Why have fares gone up so much? 
under the coalition? Because the cost of running the railways is extremely high. Fares are too high. But I can tell you something. But, so, but why have they, I, but, but why have they gone up? Let me finish, please. They've gone up because it costs more to run. I, I, I do speak to people all the time. And what people really want, this is your point, which is exactly right. They want a better service. They want it reliable. It's disgraceful you can't sit down when you're paying that kind of money. Seven, eight pounds, what it boils down to. That's absolutely. So, what I've tried to do, something practically, is put the pressure on London Midland and the government to make sure this happens. And how's that going? Well, we've got £170 million worth of investment for the new Croxley Rail Link, which will take pressure off the London Midland by linking the tube station up to Watford Junction, something that wasn't even mentioned in the lengthy interview with Michael Duga. We've got the West Coast upgrade, which has been a real pain over Christmas, you know, when all these lines were closed. But it's tens of millions of pounds on the signalling at Watford, which has been one of the things that's caused most of the so delay. So people have to, people should accept having to pay uh, higher and higher fares because, boy, one day they're going to get a service no, that's worth it. What people have to accept is that either they pay, we pay, that use it, or the taxpayer pays. There's no, it can't come from magic. And all this stuff about profits, millions of pounds of profits going abroad, it's complete nonsense. The railways have lost money for years and years and years. And it's because what we want is a tip-top rail service. You go abroad, you get a tip-top rail service, you pay. And I, I think people don't mind that. Well, the increase, what irritates people the, 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 the increase is yeah. not getting the best. But a lot of the, the, the European, the continental um, uh, rail services are nationalised, aren't they? And their fare increases are significantly lower, I'm thinking of Germany and Spain, than the fare increases here. And do people remember what it was like when ours were nationalised? But, uh, yeah, but the saying nationalisation doesn't mean we have to go back to the 1980s, does it? As I say, in, in, in Germany and, uh, and Spain, they're nationalised, and they're, they're, they're pretty good services I, with, with smaller price increases. Uh, you know, I'm nationalised or privatised. It's either good management or bad management. And what I have seen up to now is not good management on the railways. Richard, I've got to end it there. I hope you feel you've got a fair crack of the whip, but uh, Richard Harrington, Conservative MP for Watford. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to look quite busy on the A1 southbound around the Black Cat roundabout in the St. Neots Junction this morning. In Luton, on the airport way, that's very busy between Vauxhall Way and the M1 Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabout. And the A41 southbound in Hemel Hempstead, that's quite slow, but at the two waters turn off between there and the M25 at Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Looking at the M25 on the speed sensors, it's looking quite slow anti-clockwise between Junction 21 for the M1 and uh, 15 for the M4. And on the M1 further field there's a lane blocked southbound at junction 16 for daventry it's causing queues from coventry in the roadworks on the trains there's no reports of any major delays but thameslink services won't be calling at london bridge for engineering works they are calling at elephant and castle instead so that's the bedford to brighton services that's going to be the case for three years samantha breath bbc three counties radio across beds hearts and bugs this is bbc three counties radio Seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a Conservative councillor in Buckinghamshire has caused an online row about food banks. Aylesbury Vale District councillor Mark Wynne said they're only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. A post-mortem has revealed that a man from Bedfordshire who was found dead in Cambridgeshire was shot in the back. 36-year-old Jesse Smith from Potton was found dead in a car at Burwell in the early hours of New Year's Day.
Women in Bedfordshire having trouble conceiving will only be entitled to one free cycle of IVF from now on. Previously, the NHS said it was prepared to offer three cycles for those aged between 23 and 42. The weather will be murky this morning with cloud and drizzle. Top temperatures around 9 degrees Celsius, 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford are out of the FA Cup after losing 3-0 at Chelsea in the third round. Three goals conceded in the second half decided the result, but head coach Slavisa Djukanovic was happy with the performance of his players. I expect uh, support is, uh, was be happy with, uh, with, with performance of the, of the team. We try, but really we today play against one team what is best of us. Sheffield United provided the shock of the third round so far. The League One side, who were already in the semi-finals of the League Cup, beat Queen's Park Rangers 3-0 at Loftus Road. United assistant boss Chris Morgan can't decide what makes his side so good in the knockout competitions. I'm not sure. You know, the club's um, over the past few years has had a good tradition with the cup. Going back to, you know, to Neil's team that got to two semi-finals. And then obviously the Wendell Gaffer came in last year. FA Cup semi-final, League Cup semi-final this year. I think if you'd have asked the supporters and if you'd have asked us as a club that's position for the turn of the year I think I would take that Elsewhere Man United beat Yeovil 2-0 and it was a 2-0 win for Arsenal against Hull City this evening AFC Wimbledon host Liverpool Thousands of people have signed an online petition against the possibility of League One side Oldham signing convicted rapist Chet Evans It's understood the club has been in talks with the striker and a press conference is due later today And finally Gary Anderson's won his first PDC World Championship darts title He beat Phil Taylor, who was competing in his 20th final by seven sets to six at Alexandra Palace. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at eight o'clock. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh no, oh no, he swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh gee, oh gee, he's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh fiddle, oh fiddle, he's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh heck, oh heck, he's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh dread, oh dread, he swallowed my... Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So you've kind of heard the first um, uh, hit of what we're going to be offered virtually every single day as the election. What is the election? May the 5th? Is that the day? The 6th? The 5th? What, it's on a Thursday. Why are they on Thursdays? Mm. There'll be a reason. It'll go back um, to farming. You reckon? It always goes back to farming, yeah. Because you get the Thursday off. Why are they always in uh, primary May the schools? 7th. Sorry? May the 7th. Is it a Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Why? And why are they well, in primary schools? Well, it's a Thursday. Sorry? If That's you said closest. it's a Thursday, yeah. then it would be the 7th. There we go. 17 weeks to go, says uh, Paul Scoynes in an email. Hashtag election. Hashtag he's got an election going right now, isn't <laughs> okay, he? Okay, let's move away from that. But. He would have, though. Oh, stop it. He, but the thing is, right, that, so what you've just heard there, you heard uh, Shadow Transport Secretary Michael Duger, who is doing, it's a bit of electioneering. He's going to go around the country and spend about 45 minutes in each place um, and uh, uh, go on all local radio stations. Uh, and then you heard a Conservative MP saying the complete, complete opposite. Now, those people won't necessarily go on together. 
which if if they, if they had if Mr. Dugan and um, uh, the other gentleman, uh, Mr. Harrington, had gone on together and had a, a, a basically a punch up on the radio, that would have been wonderful, and I would have liked that. And it was quite fe- it was quite feisty anyway, but. Do we want more of those? Do is that the game that we want to play, where you know a shadow minister is is doing uh, the rounds to um, to put forward the Labour point of view, and then, but also there's a Lib Dem who's who's going to be at a factory today to talk about um, you know uh, getting more people off zero hour contract. Is that the game we want to play? At, that, at the same time, that is the game, isn't it? And we have a duty to let let people know what the parties stand for. I suppose we do. I've, listen, I've never done a, a grown-up radio show during a general election. I've always when done... When are you going to do one? <laughs> <laughs> Word after the show, please. So I don't know what people want. I know as a listener, I wouldn't particularly want to listen to that. If they're going head-to-head, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. If you can hear a Labour challenging, conservative, challenging, um, uh, you know, Green Party policies live on the air together, beautiful. Well, I'll have some of that. Well, why don't we make that the rule then in future? If they don't go head-to-head, Because they won't. Come on. Because they won't want to. That's the thing. They won't want but we need to stand firm, then they don't get on. And it goes oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Genuinely, would like your thoughts on this because I'm at a loss. And it goes back to the reason they won't want to. It goes back to this um, this Mark Wynne, this Aylesbury Vale district councillor, because people um, they have their little scripts and they have their little uh, on message things they have to follow, and they won't. Be honest. They won't be honest. And so to get uh, Mr. Harrington and Mr. Dugan on together, Dugan on together. Well, hang on a minute. They might be being honest. Yeah, well, yeah there is a you're party right. line to be towed. You're right. And I'm aware that I have to tread very carefully over the next five months. Blimey. Uh, but the reason, okay, so, so honestly, it comes back to this um, this conservative Mark Wynne. What, what's he you done? You won't get much personal opinion. Let's put it that way. Thank you, you very much. That's lines. better. Thank you. What's, what's uh, Mr. Wynne done and why are we talking about him this morning? Mr. Wynne wrote a tweet. Um, After watching an episode <laughs> of Casualty. He was incensed by Charlie. Fairhead's comments about uh, the system being uh, unfair. It was about food banks, wasn't it? And he, he, he said that it was unfair that, the, that, that a young single mum had to use food banks. So this was, was Charlie Fairhead's character. Well, Mark Wynn um, was tweeting during the show, always a bad idea, guys. Uh, Saturday uh, night tweets. Never do it. What did he say and I, what was the backlash? This is verbatim. See, BBC are up to supporting Labour propaganda rubbish. The people visiting food banks are those with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. That was the tweet. Now, since then we've had communication from Mark Wynne who unfortunately doesn't want to come on and have a conversation with us about it but he sent us a statement And is it because and we don't know so we're kind of making up here I make up it's because he is worried about saying the wrong thing again because surely if you feel if you have been wronged if you feel you've been wronged you'd want to come on and say no look this is what I said this is what I meant everything else is nonsense This is a conversation we'd like to have with him but um, he does make a comment in his statement about him being a relatively junior politician which suggests that that he's made a political mistake you know. The question is, and Dennis, I, I see, I will come to you in a bit, Dennis, I just want to get to Justin. The, the question is, just, uh, Justin, yeah. do we want our politicians, our councillors, our people in authority to be honest mm. or careful? Yes, uh, I can just uh, see, by the way, May the 7th, I think you're going to say, I've lost my voice. <laughs> oh, I've I'll, be, my I'll, voice again. I'll, I'll, I'll be in on May the 8th, yeah. but, but, but that, the May <laughs> the 7th, I think, yes, you're right, I might, I might be sick. It's such an interesting talking point, this one. Um, I've taken this one to the streets in uh, the last 30 minutes or so to to get people's opinions about uh, politicians being honest or careful, but also people's perceptions yep. of food banks, going back to the councillor's comments. So uh, a mixed bag coming up here. Here's what people had to say. So when it comes to politicians, 
Do you want them to be completely honest? Yes. With comments which could offend? Yes. Or do you want them to be careful? No, I want them to be completely honest. I don't care who they offend. It's time he had honesty in this country. There's too much of this washing over everything, uh, particularly immigration issues, things like this. They've got to come up, uh, up front and say exactly what the position is. What's your perception, and I'll tell you about the comments in a second made by, by a local councillor, okay. what's, what's your perception of people who use food banks in this country? Listen, as a fallback for people in genuine need, I'd agree with that. Unfortunately, they've become an excuse for people just to go down there and claim whatever they can. It's a symptom of this country, I'm afraid, on the system that, that, that we operate. If people are in desperate trouble, great. Let them go to a food bank. They've got to feed their families. But there's an awful lot of people going to food banks who, who have no right to be there, quite frankly. You seriously believe that? I seriously believe that, yeah, quite okay. frankly. Do you want honesty? I, and I, you don't I, care if it offends you? No. If they say, do you know, all men who wear glasses exactly. with grey hair yeah. and yellow jackets, they're criminals, <laughs> you'd have no problem with that? Well, I would, because that's not the truth. <laughs> but in their mind, it would be true. Well, no, it's in their mind. But you, you see, should... I'm putting it no, to you, no, and honestly, yes, you can't take it. I can take it, but unfortunately, politicians... Um, uh, they're not the right people to, to, to comment on these things anyway, because you're all a bunch of crooks and liars. In your opinion. In Thanks opinion. for your time, sir. Okay. Take care. Okay. <laughs> I've got to stop you there, Justin. Go on. That, my friend, hmm. it is a masterclass. I know it is. That is a masterclass, because you got that fella at the end to completely contradict himself, but not realise he'd contradict... You didn't yep. get... He contradicted himself and didn't realise he'd done it. He was just a piece of magic walking through the streets this morning. There he was. He was up for talking straight away, and uh, what he was saying was going here, there, and everywhere. I think he pretty much says it all. He can't handle honesty. That's the first thing, but yeah. he wants people to be honest. And he wants politicians to be honest, but then he doesn't believe what they say because they're all Muppets and crooks. Exactly. Justin, I'm, exactly. I thought there's more. I should press play here we go <laughs> open and honest is never going to happen is it they look after themselves first last and all the time i'd also want them to be there when you want them and let me ask you about your perception of people who use food banks when you think about those people that that, that go and use them on a weekly basis what, what's your perception of those people most of the time it's probably not their fault you know they're for the grace of god go most of us i think I mean, um, do, you, do you see them as drug addicts as, as alcoholics I just see them as people who, for whatever reason, are having a hard time. You know, maybe just lost their jobs. You got, you know, the guys. I'm not saying it is like that. You know, the guys down at CityLink mm-hmm. just lost their jobs. Obviously, lost a significant amount of income. Got bills to pay. That was great, Justin. No that problem. was a masterclass in the very, mm. very subtle art of mm. um, of uh, getting to the truth. And I appreciate that. Thank you, mate. <laughs> it's no problem. Um, we, there was something else we wanted to get Justin to do, wasn't there? And I've forgotten what it... Well, if I've got enough time this yeah. morning, I've been to a train station at 5.30 oh, yeah. this morning. Yeah. Um, of course, the prices have gone up. And yeah. that today's the main day. Commuters going back into the capital. Um, if I get time in the next 30 minutes, what I might do, I'm not going to mention where I am right now, but I oh. might just jump on a train hey. to see what these people... People have to experience oh. day in, day out. Oh, if I get time, I might yeah. do that. Justin, make sure, find time, please, Bob, mm-hmm. and there's a coffee in it for you. OK, thank, thank you, you, mate. Ta-ta. I've got some texts, too. Yeah, go on, let's have some texts, okay. then we'll do the travel. Um, ben of Buckingham. Many of my posts on Facebook are very outspoken, but they don't offend because I either come up with a different word or the first letter of an offensive word, which means I get my point across. <laughs> I've often said this, right, 
Uh, I would be tempted to completely change... By the way, I don't know who I'm going to vote for in this election. I, I don't know. and Normally I do, I don't know. I would be completely uh, prepared to change my voting policy if a Member of Parliament came out and started effing and jeffing. If something really bad happened and a Member of Parliament said, you know what, this is... Flipping disgusting. But if it was real. Yes, yes. This is flipping disgusting what you idiots have done. You have completely balls this up and you need to sort this out. I w- How much respect would that person get? If David Cameron, if Ed Miliband, if um, uh, Nick Clegg, you expect Farage to do it. But if those three just came and said, you know what, we effed up royally here. We are completely in the S and we're going to do our best to sort it out. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I'd, I would respect a politician that did that. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. More Texas after this. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Royston, there's been an accident on the A505 eastbound between Baldock Road and the Old North Road, so that could cause some delays. It doesn't look too bad on the CCTV cameras at the moment, though. On the A1 southbound, it's very slow around the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks. And in High Wycombe on the Abbey Way flyover, looking at the speed sensors, it's very slow on the flyover past the university and through to the bottom of the hill. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's starting to look busy between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 15 for the M4, and the M1 towards London, very busy between the M1 Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. There are reports of any major problems on the trains, but Thameslink services are not calling at London Bridge. They're calling at Elephant and Castle instead. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. The ever-controversial Samantha Bruff. 7.47, it's Monday the 5th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Conservative councillor in Aylesbury has caused a storm on Twitter by saying food banks are only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. Detectives say a man from Potton who was found dead in a car had been shot in the back. And Labour says it would cap rail fares as commuters face ticket price rises after the Christmas break. 08459 455555. Let's get the weather. Here's Alina Jenkins. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian, good morning. A murky start in places. We've got some patchy fog around, which is quite dense. But unlike yesterday, it should clear fairly readily, given that we have a bit more of a breeze today. We are going to keep a lot of cloud through the day, limited brightness, and the cloud thick enough at times to give us some occasional light rain or drizzle. But a milder day, a high of 9 Celsius. Cloudy tonight, some fog over higher ground. Further outbreaks of light rain or drizzle. That might just pep up a little bit through the early hours. But temperatures won't drop much lower than 5 or 6 Celsius. So not a cold night. Continuing cloudy, breezy and mild Tomorrow, further outbreaks of rain at times during the day, which could turn heavy for a while through the afternoon. A high, though, of 11 Celsius, although as that rain clears away eastwards, temperatures will quickly drop. We're in for a cold and frosty night as we go into Wednesday, but a bright, crisp start midweek before it starts to cloud over with further outbreaks of rain later on. Thursday will be a mixture of blustery showers and sunny spells, mainly dry for much of Friday, but then it turns wet and windy again later in the day. Thank you. On Thursday night, there's an extra three-county sport. We're with Luton as they host Shrewsbury in a top-six clash. Now Rooney with a shot, that's going in! Luke Rooney left-footed, blocks it into the bottom corner! 
There'll be all the build-up, uninterrupted commentary and all the reaction at the final whistle. I thought it was a terrific game, to be honest. I think it warmed the supporters up from both teams. Luton versus Shrewsbury, Thursday night from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Shrewsbury? Shrewsbury. 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 I know people from Shrewsbury, they say Shrewsbury. Well, they they may say Shrewsbury, it doesn't mean it's Listen, uh, Luke there. They made it up, they can have what they want. Shrewsbury. Anyway, um, talking about taking ownership of people. Oh yeah, you're Someone's in trouble. Someone's attempting to do it via the medium of text. Good, This good. is going to end well. Michael Ips at Neots. Arg. There goes Kate. No. Arg. I don't know how he's saying it. He's not started with a capital letter. He's, he's, not talking about muted, the bo- he's not talking about the boots. There goes Kay Boyle neutralising her accent again, reading yeah. a statement from a politician. Yeah. Please use your northern accent, Michael of St. Neots. Well, two things. Much as I really appreciate a stranger telling me how to speak. Um, <laughs> two things. Boyle's beef. Can we get a One. jingle made up for Boyle's beef? Yes. I'm not neutralising my accent. I've yeah. lived here since I was 10. It comes and goes. Yeah, it does come and go. I notice when you're on the the, fam- the phone to your um, common northern family, you, I, you oh, re, re, like that, love. I, I go to foot of Asters. I don't talk like that. When she's cross. Yeah, boy, oh boy, oh boy. When she's telling off one of her children over the phone. Oh, no. You're in trouble, league, our kids. That's not true. I go for quiet menace with them. Yeah, you do. I've, As you know. I once phoned up Catherine, <laughs> and she was in the middle of giving uh, one of her daughters a right royal rollicking. It was to... Yeah, Naughty it, step. Ian, I'm, I'm just, I've just got on this. Be with you in a second. Now then, you're in re- big trouble, our kid. <laughs> it was terrifying. She was talking to me. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um... So, yeah, one thing. The first thing, I've lived here since I was 10, my accent comes and goes. Two, doesn't anyone, everyone talk a little bit posher when they're being really careful over a statement if they're reading something aloud that someone else has given them? Kelly can't. She can. <laughs> Uh, Mike, uh, who um, does uh, is responsible for all of all of these bad boys. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee, BBC Make Three us Counties up, um, Radio. Make us up a boils beef, please. <laughs> I can see this becoming a regular feature. You'd be playing it all the time. Uh, yeah, can all... we do the voice though? Boils beef. See, she oh. can't do a posh accent. That wasn't supposed to be posh. What but... was that supposed to be? Welsh. Northern. Oh, do again. <laughs> boils beef. Is that Geordie? It's, it's, it's We're not allowed to do those somewhere. accents anymore, mate. It's not 1978. It's up there somewhere. Yeah, it's up in Jamaica. <laughs> I was kind of going Newcastle-ish. Flipping I'm not from it. Newcastle. I know, but that was... But you say Newcastle. So, I say Castle. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Now, a story that we followed closely in 2014, the saga of the old town roadworks in Hemel. Oh, no, not that again. It dragged on for flipping ages and ages. The work was delayed and the scheme was hit with problem after problem. And traders uh, were left feeling angry as they lost thousands of pounds in trade. Well, we thought we'd kind of uh, get back in touch with some of those traders and see if um, we'll see if Christmas brought any joy for their businesses. Well, one of the voices we heard a lot from was Barry Garvin from Fret's uh, Music Shop. Morning, Barry. Hi there. Uh, it, just, just remind us, it, it was tough. But those roadworks seemed to go on forever and ever. The delays were, were just uh, ridiculous. Uh, and your business was struggling, wasn't it, because of these, these roadworks? We as well as many other traders in the high street were badly hit. The job should have taken five months and it took a year. And um, we had five months of solid road closure. You can't trade in those conditions. Um, we made the best of it and we're still standing. But we are, you know, we are still hanging on, basically. Uh, and I know that you, 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 you I, am I right? You, you had a lot of stock that you couldn't pay for. 
Um, yeah, I've managed to sort that out. Brilliant. Um, it, I, I'm still not in an ideal position because I'd like to have been in a position to, to buy more stock because if you know you have if you haven't got it, you can't sell it. And um, we've just had to sort of take by this last year on the sort of minimum that that we that we can just to just to stay open. Well, basically. the roadworks were finished and we, we did come under a lot of flack for perhaps looking at the negative aspects too much, but uh, we th- felt it was an important story. Um, uh, how has Christmas been, Barry? It was okay. I mean, it wasn't as good as Christmas has gone. I mean, look, on, on the plus side, High uh, Street looks great. Um, they're doing the Sunday market once a month now and it's brought you know new people into the High Street and that's all very well. What they actually need to sort out now is the parking signage because it's really ambiguous. And my customers are reporting to me that they they come up, the first signpost they've got, there's four signs on it. They're trying to read it. They've got a car behind them flashing to get a move on. It's one way now, so if they miss their chance, they've got to go all, it's probably about a mile round trip to get back to the High Street again. And a lot of people are not bothering. And customers are reporting to me that they don't, they, they're still saying to me they don't know where they can park and where they can't. They used to pop in, have a chat and a coffee. Um, now they're just saying, oh, I've just quickly stopped off here. I just need some strings. They, they come and go. And they're still not sure whether they can park legally on, on the bays that are available. How's that bus stop doing as well? <laughs> the bus stop, for, there's still no bus route, is there? There's no bus stop. Um, it's unlikely there is going to be. They put barriers up now on the bus stop to stop people parking. So at least mm. that it's, it's no longer a revenue trap right. um, for the wardens. But um, it's just laughable that, you know, I, I know it's a European directive that they have to have a bus stop when they, when, when they refurbish a road. But, you know, it seems that they're more interested in keeping Europe happy than keeping the um, traders who pay a substantial amount of money in business rates. How is uh, how is 2014 looking, Barry? I've got a friend who runs a small independent shop, and he, he works like Billy-O for three weeks over Christmas, then January, February, he is dead. I mean, what, is that kind of the, the, the usual plan? Well, what happens for us usually is that, obviously, people get money for Christmas. Our busy period is usually sort of September through till February, maybe March, depending when Easter um, occurs. Right. Um, after Christmas, and when we opened up, it was ghost town up there. It was literally ghost town. Um, we closed us at four o'clock most days because it just wasn't worth staying open. There was just no one around. Um, I don't know what this week's going to hold. We just need to sort of open up and see what happens. But um, Well, listen, tell us exactly where the shop is, Barry, so, and, and, and give us the full name. So if anybody is nearby and, and needs to come and pop in, they can. Thank you very much. It's Fretz Music Store, 38 High Street, Old Town, Hamel Hempstead. It's just past the White Hart Pub and opposite the Rose and Crown. Um, it's, a great, it's a great shop. It's a great road. There's some really good businesses up there. It's worth visiting. Barry, I wish you the best of luck. Keep in touch with us, won't you, and let us know. How it goes, uh, 08459 uh, We're talking about Councillor Mark Wynne, a Conservative councillor who upset people on Twitter by um, responding to an episode of Casualty and, and saying that food banks... What, what was? I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, BBC, BBC are up to supporting Labour propaganda. Rubbish. The people visiting food banks are those with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. He now says he's going to go and visit a food bank. I've asked him whether we can go with him. It's not looking good. But oh, really? I, why? I'll tell you more in about ten minutes. All right, well, let's speak to Pat in Houghton Regis. Morning, Pat. Good morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Oh, that Mark Wynn. He, he should definitely go. He's, he's obviously, his nose is too far up in the clouds, isn't it? I mean, I, I, about 30 years ago, I was made redundant. I didn't get much redundancy pay. And um, I thought the right thing to do was to pay off my debts. And I had a job for another month, a temporary one for a month, thinking everything's going to be all right. And that 
I was out the door on that one as well, so there wasn't much work there. And I went to sign on, and I was offered £3 a week to feed three children and myself. And how, how long my ago wife, was this? 1923? <laughs> I know you're old, Pat, but blimey. Yeah, thanks very much, yeah. 30 years ago, work it out. Yeah, go on, <laughs> all right, yeah. 1984. And, um, I mean, £3 a week couldn't get much at all, and luckily I had family to rally around, and I was lucky at that particular time. But had there been food banks around at that point... I probably still wouldn't have gone because I think it's the bravest thing to do to admit that you, you you can't feed your children and you've got to go to these food banks for help. We spoke to a woman who worked at a food bank in a church just before Christmas and um, she was telling us some of the most heartbreaking stories of people that turn up there. And it, and it does surprise me when you hear people like the, the gentleman that Justin was speaking to earlier saying, oh, it's all, it's all scroungers. It's all, you know, the fact that they're there is, is what makes people go. They all want something for free. And you're right. I, 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 you, you must um, be at such a low point to go into a place and say, I can't feed my family. You got, you got anything? It must be awful. It's the lowest point in, it must be in any parent's life to go to But that, going back to, to this, this counsellor, yeah. don't you respect the fact that he's been honest? He, he said what he thought, and you, and you think he should step down? He, he, well, he's ignorant. He's completely an ignorant counsellor. He won't even come on and defend his, what he said. I mean, anyone that ridicules people that are struggling in this day and age, caused by successive governments, you know, don't need to be in that position. They don't deserve to be in that position. Pat, thank you very much. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Royston on the A505 eastbound, there's been an accident between Baldock Road and Old North Road. On the A1 London Road southbound in Bedford, there's a very, it's very slow looking on the speed sensors around the Akbar and the Sandy roundabout. In Stevenage, Hitchin Road's looking quite busy in both directions around Corey's Mill Lane. And having a look at the A1M southbound, that's very busy between Junction 8 for Steve Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. On the M25, it's still looking very busy now, anti-clockwise between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 15 for the M4 and on the trains no reports of any major delays but Thameslink are not serving London Bridge they're serving Elephant and Castle instead Samantha Bruff BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you so much the ever controversial Samantha Bruff there with the travel 08459 455 555 Do you want your councillors and your politicians to be honest or careful? Drake on Facebook says, at least when Katie Hopkins tweets balls like this, she has the courage to stand by what she says. Let's get the news, here's Lee. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Aylesbury Councillor causes online row over food banks. Teenager named after New Year's Day crash. And Labour demands a cap on rail fares. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Conservative councillor in Buckinghamshire has caused an online row about food banks. Mark Wynne said they're only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. Sarah Jenkins has the details. Mr Wynne, the Aylesbury Vale councillor for Bedgrove, made the comments on Twitter following an episode of Casualty on Saturday night. He's since deleted the tweet and suspended his Twitter account. Mr Wynne says he was not at any point denying the need for food banks and that not being able to express his view fully left himself open to what he describes as vile abuse. 
He also says he will visit a food bank in the next few weeks. A teenager who died after his car crashed into a river in Bedfordshire was 19-year-old Jack Nodes. He was driving along the Barford Road near Thamesford in the early hours of New Year's Day when his car left the road and went down an embankment. Friends and family have been paying tribute online. Women in Bedfordshire having trouble conceiving will only be entitled to one free cycle of IVF from now on. Previously, the NHS offered three cycles for those aged between 23 and 42. Mark Dyan from the Nuffield Trust says NHS managers have been forced to make tough choices to save money. Although this is a very tough decision that might be quite difficult for a lot of people trying to have children, um, you would hope that it was taken because the local NHS in Bedfordshire has looked at its alternatives given the financial pressure it's under and thought maybe this is the least bad option. The Labour Party says it would cap rail fares if it gets back into power. It's the first day back for many commuters travelling into London, with ticket prices on the trains having risen again. The Shadow Transport Secretary, Michael Duger, who's campaigning at Watford Junction this morning, says things need to change. Passengers are the only people on the railways that have no voice in the running of our railways, and that's one of the reasons why people keep getting clobbered at the ticket machine and are seen as a soft touch by this government and by the operating companies, and that's got to John Lewis has reported a 5% growth in sales in the five weeks to Christmas compared with the same period the year before. The rise was down entirely to a growth in orders made online. Diane Well from the retail analyst Springboard says its dependence on internet sales was typical. Over the five weeks to Christmas, so that's week 52, which is the week beginning the 21st of December, footfall actually only dropped about 1.6% across the UK. So it's not a huge amount given the amount of online shopping that took place, but what has been happening is that we've noticed that the key shopping dates of Christmas Eve and Boxing Day have seen a real decline in footfall and that's because of the move to online. In sport, Watford are out of the FA Cup after losing 3-0 at Chelsea in the third round and the weather will be murky this morning with cloud and drizzle. Top temperatures around 9 degrees Celsius, 48 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Thank you, Lee. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you want your politicians to be honest or careful in what they say? And come on, it's time we dumped Happy New Year, isn't it? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's this this whole Happy New Year thing. It really has... Uh, Dealey go, is wandering around like a lunatic wishing people Happy New Year. We're, we're well into 2015 now. I'm we're, over it. I'm so over... I don't want to be reminded... The most unchristmassy Christmas I've ever had. There was just something... Something mi- missing. Something missing from it. I don't know what it was. Joy. I don't know. It was good Christmas. I didn't have any pudding this year. I didn't have any Christmas pudding. I don't think I had any pudding at all, actually. I was so stuffed after the roasties. Right. I didn't have any pudding. I did that thing where I said, no, I'll have it later. Yeah. At my mum's. I'll have it later. Yeah, later never came. No. I am going to see, because my, my eldest was ill uh, last week, so I'm going to go and see the pantomime Wednesday. I know it's a bit late. I'm going this weekend. Yeah, I'm going Wednesday evening. Um, and I, but I, I mean, it means I've got a fake Christmas all over again. I hate it in pantomimes when they're wearing the Christmas <laughs> stuff. Yeah. They wish, they're going to wish us a happy new year on Saturday, oh. aren't they? They're definitely going to do that. Peter, are you going to go to pantomime this week? Yeah, no, not particularly, no. No, no, no. You, no. Did you go to a pantomime at all? No. Whatever? No, no, the people here. Oh, are yes, going, you do. The people here are going to one, actually. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, you do. No, no, I don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, you do. 
<laughs> Peter, what do you want to have a whinge about today? I Is it about Kath's uh, posh accent? I was talking, you know, well, you've got to remember, actually, that it's not what how people speak, it's what they say that matters. So you've oh! got a problem with that rather than the way I speak. Listen to, to Confucius, say <laughs> eh? He's good, isn't he? He's right. Yeah, he's right. Go on, Pete, because you normally speak a lot about... Anyway, yes. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, we, we consider ourselves successful uh, in this country, and yet, with suicides are up, yep. homelessness is up, food banks are up, and people, some people have a mindset about particular things that's going on in our society that make them think they've got a, a power over people, really. But boy, oh boy, wasn't there some great stuff on TV over Christmas? <laughs> That's what people are really worried well, about. Well, I thought the best thing was with the um, open all hours, basically. <laughs> Peter! <laughs> yeah? A, that's a year old, and B, if open all hours was never funny. But it was still, what? Oh, you, you're joking. It was never... I tell we didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> oh, not in those days. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Open all hours, never funny. Oh, for, 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 for goodness sakes, g- 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 grab in. They call that comedy broad, don't they? Because it's supposed to make everyone um, smile. Not funny, not funny at all. i tell you what's funny. Early Doors, which I, I watched over Christmas. Yeah, but you didn't like series two. No, I did. I liked it. No, listen. Focus. I liked Early Doors. I thought it was brilliant. Series 1 and 2. Oh, Nighty Night. Nighty Night I'm watching now. Series 1, brilliant. Horrible, dark, macabre. Series 2... Is that uh, the one where she tries to kill her husband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Convinces good. him he's dying. But Series yeah. 2 is, is, is a bit rubbish, really. Which is a shame. I like Julia Davis. She's, is that she's the good. woman? Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, like good. she's horrible, she's good, isn't she? Yeah. But, um, but uh, 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 Early Doors is, is very funny. Anyway. They oh, were wait. lucky, though. They didn't go massive, so they could do what they wanted. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the way it works. Uh, 08459-455-555. Now back to this story. In Aylesbury, this is why we're asking, do you want your politicians to be honest or careful? Um, an Aylesbury Vale district councillor has found himself at the centre of a Twitter row after suggesting that food banks were only visited by people with drug and mental health problems. According to, uh, well, the story was in The Independent, but we have spoken to Conservative uh, Councillor Mark Wynne off-air this morning. He doesn't want to come on-air. Uh, the backlash was so big that he has suspended his Twitter account. And it all started with, with casualty. Charlie Fairhead in casualty. Yes, the mild-mannered, occasionally a little bit cross male nurse yep. um, had a conversation with uh, someone on the show on Saturday night, which um, made the councillor so cross that he got to Twitter. Saturday night, the storyline saw Charlie Fairhead talking to a young mum who initially thought is thought to be a drug addict Um, but then it turns out she's suffering from malnutrition her son's injured crossing the road she's full of remorse leads to Charlie Fairhead played by Derek Thompson of course played excellently by Derek Thompson star of the Long Good Friday yeah yeah. you're not a bad mother it's the system that's wrong it's unforgivable which is what prompted uh, Councillor Wynne to tweet something that he has regretted and what did he say See, BBC are up to supporting Labour propaganda rubbish. The people visiting food banks are those with drug, alcohol and mental health problems, full stop. It got him 34 retweets, seven likes and a whole lot of trouble. He's got, he was given uh, a right going over on Twitter to the point where, by his own admission, he's deleted his account. Um, the sort of things being said to him that we can repeat. Uh, I hope one day you're destitute and rummaging in bins for something to eat, vile creature. Uh, the Tory councillor that attacked food banks because they are used by the mentally ill has blocked me. Classy guy. And another one here. I'm not an addict, not mentally ill, and I work. Single mum, two kids, need food bank to survive. Well, I, I mean, councillor, the, 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 the Twitter address was at C-double-L-R-Mark-Win, W-I-double-N, and he's he's deleted, he's suspended that account, which means it will delete eventually or he can reinstate 
appreciate it. Uh, but if you, you go and look, I mean, there are lots of people, that, dozens of tweets. Dominic Tristram saying, it shames this country that people like you are elected officials. You obviously have no idea how the poorest people live. Um, Daniel says, are you serious? People visiting food banks are the most vulnerable in society. Um, um, I rather hope uh, Mark Wynne comes to regret his ill-judged tweet and makes a sizable donation to his local food bank. Um, not many people supporting him that I can spot. No, which is why he says he couldn't have a conversation with people anymore. He said that there became it, too much noise is what he's talking about here in uh, in his statement. And the statement says that he is going to f- uh, visit a food bank. Yeah. He said, um, I appreciate that I may have left myself open by trying to express a view on Twitter where there are not enough words to express what you really mean. I really should have said some people have addictions or mental health problems that might use food banks. As a result of not doing so, I left myself open. A lesson learned from from someone who is still a very junior politician because of some of the vile comments that were coming through on Twitter and the fact that people did not want to listen and got themselves worked up into a frenzy I've deleted my Twitter account so in conclusion I appreciate the need for food banks for use of people in need whatever their personal circumstances and I salute the work that staff in them do and I will myself go and I will go and visit a food bank in the next few weeks Brilliant, great opportunity um, and you have got in touch with them and said I'd love to pop along Yeah, keep in touch with us about it we'd like to hear how it goes on maybe we could come with you um, he says, I will consider it, but at the moment I think not. And probably out of respect for the privacy of people working and in particular using the food banks, I would like to keep any visit low key. Whoa, I whoa, have whoa. those sort of advice. <laughs> hang, on, hang on a minute. You've put in a press statement that you're going to go and visit a food bank. How low key is that? Well, hang on a second. Yeah. We'll find out whether he goes or not. Yeah, OK, OK. Thank you once again for letting me put my side. The Independent, incidentally, were given a statement but don't seem to have used it. He says he okay. sought advice. As who, to what? Who, who, um, uh, who advises? Uh, I, I, Mark, listen, I really wish you'd come on because I hope you think that we've been um, uh, fair and even-handed in this, uh, in this conversation uh, this morning. And it, 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 it really... Uh, Statements never kind of give the full story, I think. They certainly don't give the emotion. So, hey, listen, you're more than welcome. You've got Catherine's email. Uh, Please keep in touch with her and uh, uh, let us know. But um, I I kind of like honesty. I like the honesty of whether you agree with the message or not. And you know what I like? And not necessarily in this case, but generally, when politicians get themselves into hot water, rather than sending us a statement saying you regret, just come on and say, look, I made a mistake. This is what I should have said. Come on and say, do you know what? I ballsed up and now I'm in deep... Doo-doo. Don't swear on my show. And I said I wanted swearing from... Um... But it has prompted an interesting conversation yeah. we're having about whether you want your politicians That's honest it. or careful. Mohammed's in Luton. Good morning, Mohammed. Good morning. Good morning, boss. What have you got for us? No, I just wanted to say pretty much what you guys are probably saying. Oh. Where he's a, bit, he's a bit stupid, I think, isn't he? Um, knowing all the previous stuff that's happened with Twitter, you've got to be careful what you say, especially if you're in the public eye. Do... What? Mm. Why do you have to be careful? I, well, okay, I know why you have to be well, careful because you could get in trouble and lose your job. But but should we? If people genuinely think this, then they should be able to say these things, shouldn't they? They, sh- it's one of those things, isn't it? If you're going to say, it, you've got to be, you know, big enough to then accept that you've said it, rather than, you know, make out you've had a, had a dodgy strain of um, paracetamol um, that's caused you to, you know, 
all of a sudden become racist. Oh yeah, that or, was the, that know, was the UKIP gentleman who uh, made references yeah. to to Chinese yeah, people and, and gays, and it was because because of his medication. <laughs> yes. Do, do you know yeah, what I find yeah, really? Good. I was going to say, Mohammed. Don't you think, as a, as someone who has got to vote in a few months' time, don't you find it really useful to know who these you know people what? are? I'm going to say I'm going to say something that might set off Ian here. Oh. Is it Ian this morning? Yeah. What do you mean? This I don't vote. I do, I don't vote. Never voted. Right. Hang on a minute. <laughs> First of all, what do you mean, is it Ian this morning? It's, I've been doing um, it the last two weeks. I've not had a day. I've had three days off. I know, but you know what? You all sound the same. <gasps> all you radio presenters sound the same. What? Sorry, mate. Flipping. I, I can sound... tell the difference between the male and female voices. Ja- okay, yeah. well, good for you, Mohammed. We, yeah, Hang I on, thought you... you'd be a police to know that, but yeah. um, you and, is it JVS, the other chap? What? Bl- hey, I he's sa- way posh. Shut up, Kath. But yeah, okay. I sound like Jonathan Vernon Smith. Are you having a laugh, Mohammed? <laughs> come on, Mohammed. Say <laughs> exactly, like this. Where exa- say hello. You're listening to the radio. Where exactly are you in Luton? Because I'm going to come down and give you a boot up your backside, young man. <laughs> uh, Mohammed, I'm guessing you haven't listened very often because I, I think uh, I have to be so careful now because I'm at the BBC. We're talking about think, being careful, and I'm not saying suggesting anyone should do this, but I do think that mm. um, not voting is is a relevant protest. I know lots of people disagree with that. I, I, I think it's a relevant protest. Yeah. I- I see the other side of the argument, you know, where people get quite passionate about it and say that the people fought the war, blah, 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 so on and so forth, which is a legitimate argument. But I think, like what you're saying, it, it is a right to not vote, especially if you don't believe in what they all tell you. Well, this which is, is the point, my Mohammed. reason why I don't. I wonder whether you would vote if you felt that someone was being themselves. You would vote for that person. Do you know what? It's like that... Nigel Farage bloke, fair play to him for being quite honest and upfront with what he actually, I think he says what he sort of feels, but you know, he's not going to win my vote. Mohammed, thank you very much. We all sound the same. I was going to say, all Mohammed sound the same, then I realised what a terribly loaded statement that would be, so I managed to pull it back, and then I just said it. Oh, we all, all presenters sound the same. So I sound... Sa- well, I don't sound like Roberta. I don't think he said all presenters... Well, he did say all presenters, but he meant all male presenters. He, no, he said he can tell the difference between men and women. Good for you, Mohammed. Well done. <laughs> That's going to get you far in life. But well, I sound the same as Jay... Well, Jonathan's coming in in a bit, so... Let's try that. We'll have a... We'll have Why a, don't you switch your room and see if anyone notices? We'll have a voice-off. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident on the M25. It's anti-clockwise just before Junction 24 for Potters Bar and it's causing queues to Junction 25 for Enfield. Two lanes are closed. Uh, no, there's a lane closed there. But it's No, it's blocked, sorry, there, while two oh, lanes are, cars are covered off the hard so shoulder. Looking at the M1 towards London, it's very busy between Junction 9 for Redbourne and 7 for Hamel Hempstead. And the A1M southbound's very busy between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Looking at the roads in Stevenage on the speed sensors and Hitchin Road is very busy by Corey's Mills Lane and on the A505 eastbound in Royston though the accident has been cleared between Baldock Road and the Old North Road on the trains Thames Link are not serving London Bridge they're going to Elephant and Castle instead no other reports of any problems on the trains though Samantha Braff BBC Three Counties Radio so controversial it's coming up to 8.16 it's Monday the 5th of January I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio a Conservative councillor in Aylesbury has caused a storm on Twitter by saying food banks are only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. A young man who died in the early hours of New Year's Day after his car crashed into a river near Thamesford was 19-year-old Jack Nodes. And Labour says it would cap rail fares as commuters face ticket price rises rises after the Christmas break. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
So leave it. Why, why doesn't that microphone work? I, I like don't know. No, I don't know. I don't think anybody spilt um, so, hot honey and lemon over the control desk over Christmas period. You didn't. I don't think anybody did. I saw someone do. No! I witnessed said day. Hey, listen, guys. This is out of order. You've got new shoes on. What They're are not they? Shoes. They're not shoes. What are they? These are the best Christmas present ever from Wasserface. Slippers. <laughs> You're wearing Steve slippers. Well, you know, normally he sits there in his stocking feet. Yeah. Look at my new luxury Christmas shoes. Look at those. They look so uncomfortable. They're lovely. They look, are they as comfortable as these bad boys? These are handmade in Northamptonshire. Oh, blimey. Those are M&S's finest. Are they? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Will you be ha- wearing... Handmade in Vietnam. <laughs> will you be wearing those slippers every day? Yeah. I take my shoes off upstairs. He does. And, and I put these boots. on. He's these live in Cath's box. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, you know, feel at home. I do. Why don't I'm, you? I'm going to loosen my belt while you're talking. <laughs> You're always so good. <laughs> Undo your trap. What's this about us sounding the same? Oh, did you hear Mohammed then? He says that all, all radio presenters sound the same. He says, you and that bloke who comes on after you, he meant you, mm. I can't tell the difference. But he can tell the difference between the men and the women, which is always good. Well, well done, Mohammed. <laughs> You've clearly got a very good ear. It's too... Uh, too it, it is hard when it's two such butch presenters... Yeah, oh, yeah. ...going head-to-head, locking horns like stags. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what an analogy. Can I just Isn't that say, known as rotting? Or is that a different thing? That's something else. Uh, well done for not wishing me a Happy New Year. Well, I didn't dare after your miserable good. comment earlier. It could. But Happy New Year. Oh, um, yours. What? <laughs> Sorry. What? It, happy New Year. You say it on New Year's Day. Yeah. I'll give it... I'll, on the second, I'll let you have it. After that, it's over. It's oh. done. It's a distant memory. Oh. We're in 2015 now. I'm looking ahead. You're I'm looking ahead to the year. I'm going to write a book this year. Yeah, but why do you have to be grumpy? No, I mean, no I'm not grumpy. It's I'm the really... first time I've seen you in, in 2015. Yeah. I want you to have a good year. Happy New Year. What's no, wrong with that? Well, just, no, that but, uh, that's... <sighs> I, I mean, there are far worse things I could have said to yeah, you. Yeah, I know. But but I didn't. I, I gave you a positive <sighs> wish, a seasonal greeting. Well, just, just say, you know, I hope the year goes all right for you, mate. I hope the year goes all right for you, mate. Does that sound like the kind of <laughs> thing that would come out of my mouth? It You're looking did. very baby-faced. Have you had a facial or something over Christmas? No, I had a shave. Oh, OK, yeah. Well, you're looking good. I had a shave and I had my hair cut yep, yep. quite a lot. Yeah. You look about 12. Well, you see, the thing is, I'll level with you. Now I live in the country. Yeah. I live quite a long way away from my barber, Ali. Yeah. He's called Ali Barber. Yes, I see. And um, I said, and my hair grows so quickly, I said to him, can you cut it extra short so I don't have to come back? looking very shaggy before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Can you cut it extra short so I don't have to come back too often? Yeah. So he's given me this. Yeah. Well, it looks very, very looks lovely. It's very young. Uh, what's in your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning, should Oldham Athletic pull out of signing convicted rapist Ched Evans? Oh, One of the big stories yes. around today. Oldham Athletic, they're considering pulling out of a controversial move to sign striker Ched Evans. Evans, who spent time in prison after being convicted of rape, was meant to start training with the club this morning ahead of a long-term deal. The Oldham board have said that they were shocked to see 20,000 people had signed a petition urging them not to sign the Welsh footballer. And they'll announce uh, tomorrow what decision they've taken. So this morning from nine, I'd like us to debate this. Do you think Oldham Athletic should pull out of signing convicted rapist Ched Evans? I don't know why they're so surprised. I mean, the last football club, it was uh, Sheffield United, wasn't it? 
uh, they've been a couple yeah th- but they yeah. were the ones that initially there was this big petition it was over a hundred thousand people had signed that yeah. i think saying so, did Oldham not read the newspapers exactly they were surprised that twenty thousand people had signed a petition saying don't employ him mm. well from nine this morning i want to know what you think their reaction should be i'd love your call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five every weekday from three is the best thing just to run away to a hotel somewhere a little bit of fun i've got a feeling that this this argument unfolds in every house. The latest news. New regulations allowing parents to share the care of their child in the first year after birth come into force today. Personal Genome Service claims to offer access to more than 100 pieces of genetic information about your health. A little bit of everything. Because if you haven't got baby Jesus in nativity, then it's not a nativity, is it? Let me bring you up to speed with some local news. Good afternoon. Welcome to the programme. What's your comment? We'll talk films and science fiction. Fascination with science fiction films. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. I forgot to mention something at half past seven. I knew there was something I was, tr- was trying to struggle to remember, and I forgot to mention it. Lots of new little bits and pieces we're going to try uh, throughout this show in 2015. Uh, one of them is that on Fridays we're only going to play records. The first hour we play music and it's going to be Vinyl Friday. We're only going to play records. Wonderful. It's a subtle change, but it's quite a nice one because records sound brilliant. There are other things as well about you recording uh, little films and little bits of sound for us and you basically getting the job as our reporters. I'll explain that later in the week. But the thing I was going to mention, Catherine, at half past seven is also on Fridays... Between half seven and eight o'clock, um, we're not going to have any news stories. That, that ten to uh, that seven hit, we're not going to have any news stories there. Um, we are just going to open the doors and people can turn up and come into the studio. Yeah, don't overstate your welcome. No, you'll don't... be uh, at one minute to eight, you will be asked to leave. If you want to bring food, that's fine. Just make sure it's in some sort of sealed um, receptacle. And you just turn up and whatever age you are, if you've got kids with you, that's, that's brilliant. If you want to sing a song, that's great. If you just want to come in and see what a radio station looks like, that's great. If you want to come have a whinge about the council, wonderful. If you want to have a, say how great your bus service, whatever it is, if you just want to turn up, even if you don't think you have anything to say, Yeah. Just turn up, probably about twenty between twenty past seven and eight o'clock, and that half an hour, it's going to be over to you. It'll be me and Kath uh, and, and Kelly as well, probably chipping in, uh, just having a chat with you. It's not a spectator sport, though. You do have to talk back. That's the only thing. You have to be prepared to speak. We did it uh, over Christmas. We had a whole day where people turned up, and everybody, without fail, had a story. Yeah. And we tried it last Friday, um, and we had Suzanne. Was it Suzanne who came in? Well... We were supposed to change her name to protect the not-so-innocent oh, yeah. who was skiving off work. It was um, Bethany came in. Uh, Babs. Babs came in. Boy, boy, oh boy. Tessa, Tessa. Tessa Tattooed came in. Tessa. And uh, she dropped her trousers for us. You don't need to do that, OK? And it's not a freak show. It's not uh, anything like that. Don't bring a guitar. No. But if, uh, between uh, 7.30 and 8 on a Friday, and we're going to try it for three months. If it don't work, it don't work. We've had a go. But I think that something in it. Between 7.30 and 8 on a Friday, you don't need to book. You just turn up to, uh, what's our address? 1 Hastings Street. Luton, for the moment. You knock on the door, we'll let you in, and you'll be ushered into the studio where you'll sit with me and Kath for half an hour. Or Simple until we get fed up of you. <laughs> until we get fed up of you. <laughs> uh, 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Great drumming, Kelly, great drumming. 
Women in Bedfordshire who are having trouble conceiving will from now on only be entitled to one free cycle of IVF. Previously, the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group said it was prepared to offer three cycles for those aged between 23 and 42 years old. In making the decision, it says it considered the affordability of IVF treatment and the impact this expenditure might have on other vital health services for Bedfordshire patients. Chief Exec of Infertility Network is Susan Seenan. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. What do you make of this? Um, I think it's pretty shocking that despite the public consultation which Bedfordshire had, which showed public support for wider fertility services, that they've gone ahead and gone with one cycle. Uh, It's happening across the country, isn't it? In Buckinghamshire, it's only one cycle, and and in parts of Hertfordshire, the number of cycles has been reduced to two. I guess it could be argued, Susan, um, that in these times of austerity, when we know the NHS is struggling, that uh, many don't see uh, IVF as a priority. Many don't see IVF as a priority, but other CCGs do. We've had a lot of CCGs over the last few months have actually increased their provision from two to three cycles. And the reason they're doing that is that we have national guidance set by the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, NICE, which recommends up to three cycles for women under 40 um, and one cycle for a small group of women aged between 40 and 42. They recently published a quality standard in October last year, which re-emphasised the need for CCGs to follow the NICE guidance and to adhere to the quality standard. So there are lots of CCGs actually increasing their provision. It's, mm. it's not all CCGs that are actually decreasing. But what was interesting with Bedfordshire is they actually asked the public what they thought. And the public said that they favoured wider access to IVF treatment and they've still gone ahead and cut their provision. And that's very, very unfair. Is it, uh, I, I, Susan, completely honestly, and my card's on the table here, I know uh, uh, several friends who have benefited from IVF, and are, but I don't quite know what my thoughts on this are in an ever, uh, you know, decreasing NHS when uh, funds are being cut off and, I don't know, it, it shouldn't more priority be given to um, uh, illnesses and life-threatening conditions? Well, a couple of points there. First of all, infertility is an illness. It's defined as an illness by the World Health Organization, so it most definitely is an illness. The second but point having children, having having ch- it won't kill you, and having children could be seen as being um, well, yeah, a, a well, luxury. The, the second, the second point I was going to say is that the NHS is not there just to treat life-threatening conditions. Mm. It's there to treat a lot of conditions. And to go back to the affordability of it, um, the government asked Nice many years ago to look at the affordability and the effectiveness of IVF services, and they did that, and they reissued the guidance in 2013. And that guidance for up to three cycles was based not just on clinical effectiveness, but also on the cost effectiveness of the treatment. So the experts have actually looked at this mm. and they have come up with the recommendations based on cost as well as clinical effectiveness. Well, that, it, that, that, it, it's more effective if you have three treatments as opposed to one. But it, it, supposing, supposing IVF were taken out of the NHS structure altogether, would, would that be such a bad thing? Yes. Tell tell me why, Susan. Because people who are suffering from infertility deserve treatment in exactly the same way as people suffering from any other illness. Um, People who know what they're talking about, the experts at NICE, clinicians, um, and I have to say patient organisations such as Infertility Network UK, we speak to people all the time. And what's really, really frustrating for them is that we have national guidance and we have recommendations and yet the CCGs are choosing to pick whether they want to follow that guidance and that makes it very unfair. 
We don't have a local health service. We have a national health service. It's money, though, isn't it? That's the thing. And, 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 and these, these CCGs are having to make cuts. Is, is it every person's right to have a baby, even if no. physically they can't? No, it's not everybody's right to have a baby, but it's everybody's right to try, and it's everybody's right to access the treatment mm. that's recommended for them. That's all people are asking for. They won't all be successful, but there's lots of medical treatments out there that people get, which we know are potentially not going to be successful. But we don't say we're not going to treat you because you only have a 20 or a 30% chance of it being successful. Um, they deserve treatment the same as everybody else. Susan, it's really good to talk to you. I, I really appreciate your time this morning. No problem. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Susan Seenan, Chief Executive of Infertility Network. I honestly don't know what my thoughts are, and that always confuses me, because normally I'm, I'm pretty... Um, I know what I think, and I know what I believe, and I, know, and I, I just don't know. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I hope the year goes all right for you, mate. Oh, thanks. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the trains, a train has broken down at Harrow and Wealdstone, so it means that there are half-hour delays on all trains to London Euston services at Euston Station from Milton Keynes and from Clapham Junction on Virgin Trains. It's also affecting London Midland Trains too from Milton Keynes. On the motorways, the M25 anti-clockwise has two lanes closed just before Junction 24 for Potters Bar because of an accident. That's causing queues from Junction 25 for Enfield. And on the M1 northbound, it's very busy between the Milton Keynes South Junction and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes. On the A1 southbound, it's looking very slow on the speed sensors between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks. And having a look at the speed sensors in High Wycombe on the A404 southbound, it's very busy between the M40 Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross Roundabout and the Bisham Roundabout. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Daytime Liak knew the headlines. A Conservative councillor in Buckinghamshire has caused an online row about food banks. Mark Wynne said they're only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. A teenager who died after his car crashed into a river in Bedfordshire was 19-year-old Jack Nodes. He was driving along the Barford Road near Thamesford in the early hours of New Year's Day when his car left the road and went down an embankment. Women in Bedfordshire having trouble conceiving will only be entitled to one free cycle of IVF from now on. Previously, the NHS in the county said it was prepared to offer three cycles for those aged between 23 and 42. The weather will be murky this morning with cloud and drizzle. Top temperatures around 9 degrees Celsius. That's 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford are out of the FA Cup after losing 3-0 at Chelsea in the third round. Chelsea made eight changes from the team that lost 5-3 to Tottenham. The Chelsea boss, Jose Mourinho, said he was calm during the half-time despite the 0-0 scoreline. I have a good relation with them. I don't need to be angry to try to change things. I did uh, the changes that I thought could help me to change the dynamic of the game. Obviously, Diego and William, they played very well. And in the second half, the team followed them and had a complete different dynamic. 
Sheffield United provided the shock of the third round so far. The League One side, who are already in the semi-finals of the League Cup, beat Queen's Park Rangers 3-0 at Loftus Road. United assistant boss Chris Morgan can't decide what makes his side so good in knockout competitions. I'm not sure. You know, the club's um, over the past few years has had a good tradition with the cup. Going back to, you know, to Neil's team that got to two semi-finals. And then obviously, when the gaffer came in last year, FA Cup semi-final, League Cup semi-final this year. I think if you'd have asked the supporters and if you'd have asked us as a club, that's position for the turn of the year I think everybody would take that Elsewhere, Man United beat Yeovil 2-0 and it was a 2-0 win for Arsenal against Hull City. This evening, AFC Wimbledon hosts Liverpool. Thousands of people have signed an online petition against the possibility of League One side Oldham signing convicted rapist Chet Evans. It's understood the club has been in talks with the striker and a press conference is due later today. And finally, Gary Anderson beat 16-time champion Phil Taylor 7-6 to win his first PDC World Dance Championship at London's Alexandra. Palace. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with Morris, nine o'clock. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Steve's on the line. Good morning, Steve. Morning. What would you like to say, boss? <laughs> if I was your boss, I'd sack you. Yeah, I know. I know you would, mate. And if you were my boss and you sacked me, I'd take you to a tribunal and I would get a shed load of money. Nah, he's so not you in sack my me any time oh, you want, not, boss. Oh, it wouldn't happen in my world. It might happen in your left-wing world. <laughs> oh, go on. What, what, do you, what do you want to say then, Steve? Anyway, about IVF. <laughs> <laughs> yes, comrades. <laughs> oh, I'll give you comrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. Yes, go on. What you got? IVF treatment. I mean, the NHS isn't for them kind of operations, is it? Originally. We can't afford to have operations like that. Same well, no, no, the thing is, and... the technology didn't exist back in Bevan's day, so who knows what would have... You well, know, we've no, had so many advances. Yeah, but, well, but if you can't have a kid, I know it's... I'm not in that position, but, you know, I suppose it is hard if you want a kid and you can't have it. But in the day, well, no, they've got children. There's children that haven't got parents. Well, because not everyone... Children. People want their own... You know, as much as we all think that adopting and fostering is a great, wonderful, yeah. noble thing to do, people would rather have their own flesh and blood. Of course yes, they would. I understand that, but then the day they have to pay for it themselves. Why should we subsidise other but, people? But then time? you're you're saying that only the and uh, only the wealthy can have IVF well, treatment. Well, well, you'd have to be wealthy to take out a loan, can't you? Well, it's yeah, it's about what is it, Kath? <laughs> about three grand or something? It's a lot yeah, of money. Take a loan out then. Listen, Steve, if you and I were to ever get together and you were to fall madly <laughs> in love with me, which of course is going to happen, <laughs> um, and you know, and then you know, you looked into my eyes one night and I said, "Oh, Steve, I so want to bear your children, but oh, I just can't." God. You wouldn't say to me, tough, tough love, would you? Come on. Well, yeah, listen, we live in a... A lot of people living in a dream world of too many expectations in this country. The fact of the matter is we cannot afford to have all these silly operations on the NHS. That's the bottom line. Like it or loathe it, that's the way it is. That's reality. Do you know what? I, I think he phrased it very, very badly, calling it a silly operation, but part, I would say 60% of me, agrees with Steve there. What? That if it's not falling off, you shouldn't be stitching it on? <laughs> yes! That's what I think I think. And that makes... Does that make me cold-hearted? I don't know. Part of me does think that. And yet I know people whose lives have been transformed by the, the magic of IVF. It's not magic, it's science. Uh, it's a little bit of magic, but it's it's um, it's more scientific than that. 
08459 455 555. I was reminded of something I was going to say to you then, and I've completely forgotten it, J-Dog. Oh, Stevie boy, he is gold, isn't he? Isn't he, he just, is a eh? legend, yes. He's, uh, he's something. Now, Justin, <laughs> yes. um, we've had a, a few tweets about Happy New Year. What, everyone? Oh, I remembered, I remembered. I remembered. I know why I, I had to stop myself saying it after Steve talking about IVF. I had a tweet from Scott who wanted me to ask um, how uh, Jonathan Vernon Smith, Smith's special gravy went down. <laughs> <laughs> he was tweeting. Oh, yeah, he was cooking that up the was, day before, wasn't he? He was tweeting about his... He was mixing up his special gravy. <laughs> and I meant to ask him how it went down over the Christmas period. And I'm glad I left a gap between um, IVF and Jonathan's well, so gravy. stop closing the gap. <laughs> talk about trains. Don't talk about trains. <laughs> now, uh, whether you should still be saying Happy New Year or not, of course you shouldn't. Of course you should. And Ice Crystal says you should stop saying it about 45 seconds after... The midnight on New Year's Day. How miserable is that? I, tweet? No, it's not miserable because I still say hello. I still give you. I still give you a fist bump first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Yeah. But, of course, we saw each other last week. You'll be seeing people today. A lot of people coming back after the Christmas period. Just say to them, Happy New Year. No. Is it really that it's, tough for you mate, to, be, to be a nice it's geezer? Not, it's not about being a nice... Um, uh, it, uh, d- 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 what did you just call me? Geezer. Yeah. Do that again. Geezer. Geezer. Again. Geezer. geezer. It's not about being um, a nice... Geezer. It's, I am nice. What, what, by not wishing people a Happy New Year? That yes. That you haven't seen since 2014. It's like when you go to Hawaii. If you ever get the chance to go to Hawaii, I've been twice for Ooh, work. Good for you. Right. And it's so marvellous in the, the, uh, in well, the go air... Go and live there. Go and marry it, then. I might just do that, Just. They, uh, when you step off the aeroplane, the first thing they say is aloha. Oh, and you get laid. They put the laser... <laughs> they put the... That's what it's called. They put the laser over you. The fl- glass... The, the grass garland, flower garlands. Yeah. Right, you get laid. And they say hello. I go fantastic, and then you get to passport. Aloha. Oh, they fantastic. Use it for goodbye as well, don't they? Yeah, they still, and then and then you get in the cab. Aloha. Oh, fuck. you get to the hotel. Aloha. All right, I get the point. Isn't it great? No, it's not because Friendly by the banter. end of the first day, I was punching Hawaiians. <laughs> I wanted to bomb Hawaii. Aloha, this. Aloha, that. And it's the same with New Year's Day, mate. I'm yeah. over it. New Year's Day, people, a bit like in Hawaii, just being lovely and pleasant. I hate Hawaiians because of New Year's. People like you who are miserable, you just can't take it. You can't hack it. And that, do you know what? That, it makes me sick. Aloha. Now, Justin, we haven't at large. Mm -hmm. Trains, 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 trains. We've had a little bit of um, electioneering on the show as we've had someone from Labour saying that they would uh, cap rail fares and all of this, and then someone from the the Conservatives saying, well, we've capped rail fares and all Mm -hmm. of that. Um, But rail fares have gone up, Just, haven't they? Yeah, by an average of 2.5%. And, of course, uh, they went up last week. But today, really, uh, this being Monday, the start of a new week, a new year, people going back into work, the trains are packed again. So I've been to a couple of train stations this morning. I got to Hemel Hempstead train station this morning at about 5.30. Now, here's some facts for you. For an annual season ticket from Hemel, it's going to cost you (laughs) £4,412. Blimey. Pounds. Blimey. Daily, £26.20. No, it's Ian. Mm, OK. Um, so, anyway, I've been uh, talking to commuters this morning uh, about uh, the prices. Do they feel they get good value for money? Here's what people in Hemel had to say. Uh, no, services are appalling. No value for money. London Midland just cancel trains, irrespective of any passenger. 
well, you don't have a choice here because you've got to go to work. Mm. So, but um, it's very, very frustrating. The money we pay and the service we get, especially from this station, no, it's not very good at all. I mean, how bad is that service? Travelling from Hemel Hempstead into, into Euston on London Midland, day in, day out, you're on those trains. Just how bad can it be? When things go wrong, you know, they can't help that, but it's how they deal with it. And I think when things do go wrong, there's no help and no... You know, there's no staff about, there's no information, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people moan about. There's no information and no sort of enthusiasm to get it back on track as quickly as possible. So let me ask you again, got your ticket this morning. Um, do you feel like you're getting good value for money here, bearing in mind the prices, of course, that have just gone up again? No, not at all. What's the service like? Rubbish. Rubbish. I mean, really, that bad? Come yeah. on. Yeah, it's not good. Describe it for me. What happens in the morning? When you go up those steps and go onto that platform, what happens? Well, basically, it's, it's uh, really busy. Not that many trains uh, and no space at all to sit down or anything. It's 25 minutes standing up in the train. You're not selling it very well. Thanks for your time. Cheers. OK, so that's people there, not particularly... Yeah. The, 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 the thing is, the shadow minister, uh, um, whose name escapes me, is going to be at Watford Station today for, he says, about an hour. Oh, come on, though. Why an hour? Well, the, Why not go there for three or four hours and then get on a train with the people? If you're going to go there, do it properly. But he's going to be asking those questions, but we, we all know that people will say they don't they don't like their rail service, it could be better, and yep. they don't agree with the um, the fare increase. And you just proved that, that that's, that's what people will, will always say. Exactly. Uh, you, you've been on a train Justin today. I, I have. How much was your ticket by the way? Well, my ticket, well I only went to Harpen and so it's only a few pounds. Okay, and you did pay that didn't you? I did, yes. So okay. I've gone from uh, Luton to Harpen and back. I've done this quite and quickly you had a ticket, you. didn't you? Yes I did. Okay. So, for uh, the whole journey? Yes, so the price from Luton yep. into London for a travel card yep. £4,936 a year. A year, a, a, a year. year. Okay, £35 pounds a day uh, that's going to cost. Now, what I did, I managed to get myself on a train uh, when I got onto the train about 20 minutes ago. To be fair, there were one or two seats left here at Luton, okay. but as soon as it gets to Harpenden and St Albans, you've got no chance. Uh, I spoke to one of those commuters on the train. Here's what happened. Well, Dean, I managed to get myself onto a train at Luton. There's hardly any seats left, and of course we've got Harpenden to come, St Albans to come. Uh, what's it like on these trains, day in, day out, a rush hour, of course? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty mixed. I mean, some days you can have a day where you don't get a seat and you stand this far up, let alone sort of Harpenden and St Albans. Other days you do um, get a seat. Um, this morning was an absolute disaster because it's first day of the new year. Everyone's looking to buy their annual tickets, monthly tickets. So um, I couldn't actually purchase a ticket, but they've let me on the train. I've got to get it the other end at Blackfriars. Um, it's been a lot of delays um, recently. Um, the way home in the evening is probably worse at rush time than the morning in. And you're now paying more for this. How does that make you feel? Uh, it's, it's not ideal, but um, I don't really have a choice because it's probably the quickest form of travel to work for me, really. So. Well, has it got to that point now? Well, I spoke to people last year about the similar sort of thing. Um, has it got to the point now where you're looking for work locally? Can you do that because you've had enough of the service? <laughs> It's a really good question. Um, it is something you do consider, because when you start weighing up the cost of commuting into London now relative to the sort of potential increased salary you receive, it is starting to become less beneficial. So working for lo- looking for work locally is an, is an option, potentially, yeah. Just lastly, I'm going to get off here at Harpenden, but um, as soon as we hit St Albans, I presume that there'll be people standing absolutely everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are days where some people can't even get on and they have to wait for the next train. It's as bad as that. I dread to think what it will be like this morning.
Okay, well, at least you got your seat. Thanks for your time. Happy New Year, by the way. No problem. Oh, you had, mm. to, you had to sneak that in at the end. Just because, you know what? I'm a polite, <laughs> kind human being. It was just the way I was brought up. And um, you know what? Yes, I, Dealey. I had no choice in that. It was just said to me at an early age, right, can I, you wish people Happy New Year. Can I just say, I know why you, you were on such a short train journey. Why is that? You had to stop for a growler, didn't you? You couldn't <laughs> last that long without a fag. That's what it was, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, th- seriously, make 2015 the year that you stop smoking. Come on. Oh, you're not doing all that, are you? Yeah, I am, actually. Oh, oh the 2015's the year of, of what for you? What, the monkeys? The year or we save dealings. It's the year that my mate doesn't die of cancer. Oh. Dealey, when will you stop saying Happy New Year? Uh, probably, I would say, the day of love, Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The day of love, Valentine's Day. He's going to stop saying it. Isn't that terrifying? Right, let's get the travel with the controversial Sammy Bruff. On the train... Do you want me to start now? On the train... Why not? Yeah, go on. So controversial. Why? On the trains, Virgin have half-hour delays into London Euston from Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction because of trains broken down at Harrow and Wilston, so it's affecting Virgin trains but also causing problems on London Midland services. Looking at the M25 anti-clockwise, there are long delays because of an accident before Junction 24 for Potters Bar. There's queues reaching Junction 25 for Enfield. On the M1 northbound, it's very busy between Junction 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes, and it's looking very busy on the A1 southbound around the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks there now everyone's using it again going back to work Samantha Braff BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Samantha So controversial isn't she? 8.45, it's Monday the 5th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Conservative councillor in Aylesbury has caused a storm on Twitter by saying food banks are only used by people with drug, alcohol and mental health problems. A young man who died in the early hours of New Year's Day after his car crashed into a river near Thamesford was 19-year-old Jack Nodes. And couples trying to conceive in Bedfordshire will now only get one free cycle of IVF treatment. 08459. 455555. Do call up. Otherwise, after the weather, we'll be speaking to Dave in Luton. Beds, hearts, and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a bit murky out there this morning. Some patchy fog still around, but it should be lifting fairly soon. Then we're left with a generally cloudy day, mostly dry, but the cloud thick enough at times to give some patchy light rain or drizzle, but not really amounting to very much. Unlike yesterday, where it felt very raw and cold, a much milder feel today with a high of 9 Celsius. It's mild and cloudy overnight, some patchy fog over higher ground again, but also some outbreaks of light rain or drizzle too. Temperatures no lower than 5 Celsius, that's 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Little change really tomorrow, cloudy, breezy, some outbreaks of rain at times during the day. The subtle difference is that the rain will tend to be a little bit more persistent and heavy for a time during the afternoon. But a high tomorrow of 11 Celsius, 52 degrees Fahrenheit. The rain will then clear away eastwards later on tomorrow. Behind it, some much colder air, so a crisp, bright start to Wednesday with a frost for many. Some sunshine for a time before it starts to cloud over. The winds will strengthen. There'll be outbreaks of rain later on on Wednesday. Quite an unsettled end to the day. And on Thursday, it's sunny spells and occasional blustery showers before on Friday we return to something wetter and potentially very windy for the end of the week. Deary me. Wet and windy. That was me at the weekend. Did you know you can get in touch with BBC Three Counties Radio wherever you are via Twitter at BBC3CR. Join us on Facebook. 
facebook.com slash BBC 3CR. Call us on 08459 455 555 or text us on 81333 and start your message with 3CR. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 2015 is going to be the year of uh, the uh, Taliban and ISIS becoming ridiculous. Have you seen the stories about the Taliban and ISIS over the, in the newspapers? There's one today that the Taliban are using um, one of the most annoying websites of all time, LinkedIn, to recruit people. They're using LinkedIn! Now, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know why. Everyone's on LinkedIn, and nobody knows why! What's that you're pulling Fluff. off? Fluff. Hey. Nobody knows why they're on LinkedIn, but everybody is on there. And it's impossible, impossible to leave uh, LinkedIn. It's page... Well, D- Dave and Dennis, stay, stay there. We will come to you in a minute. I just wanted to mention this. It's on page 19 of The Sum that they are using... Link- Taliban hijack job sites. LinkedIn terror bid. Oh, is it a job site? A Taliban chief has been using business business networking site LinkedIn to recruit terrorists. Wanted man Esanullah Esan, who has threatened Britain with attacks, listed his skills... <laughs> listed his skills as jihad and journalism on wow. the site. Essan, wow. the spokesman for Pakistan-based terror group Jamat al-Arar, also provided details of education and employment history. So this is great, right? This is this is, this shows that, that they have jumped the shark. And there was another story at the weekend, okay? So ISIS and jihadi groups have been told to target Western travel, okay? And to, to try and disrupt Western travel. If so any you, of those groups are listening now, don't. No, don't. But do you know what they did? What? They hacked into the Bristol bus service timetable. because oh, no, it said something like Western travel. <laughs> <laughs> they hacked in, right? So people logged on to the Bristol bus service. To, this is such a good story. To look at bus timetables, and there was like a black page with the ISIS flag, uh, a message in Arabic, and, and so then something along the lines of, um, uh, we are bringing terror to your doorsteps. And there was a, such a great quote from, uh, from a woman who um, went, oh, what was it she said? Oh, yeah, nice one, because it's well tough to hack into bus websites, isn't it? <laughs> I hope that this is the, guy, the, the year that ISIS and uh, jihadis around the world, we, we get to see the lighter side of them and uh, see that those guys really have got a sense of humour and they're actually massive plums. Yeah. They've got that... They just go Google Western travel. How do we access Well, they've that? got that fella doing like a travelogue for them now, haven't they? They've got a hostage. I didn't see this. The latest video from ISIS is that they've kind of got, gone against the, the horrific videos of murdering people live. And they've now got a, t- a guy, a hostage guy, and he's doing like a, he's doing like a Michael Palin for them. Around, have you seen this? Yeah, that's the same guy they've been using for quite a it's while. It's the same guy they've been using for quite a while, but uh, hopefully, who knows? Maybe they are changing their tactics. Who knows? Dave uh, is in Luton. Dave, we, we didn't get any better calls than you, so you, you managed to make it onto the air. Good morning, boss. Good morning, madam. What have you got for us? Um, Mrs. Boyle said this morning, yep, that um. We should all grow up if we've got items at the front or back of the car. Teddy bears specifically, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got two little... To- well, not teddy bears, two little tigers... Right. ...that sit on the back of my car window. Thanks for proving my point, Dave. Uh, but, Real no, no, Excuse me. But, therefore, my little grandchildren, when they get in, that they can cuddle each car at these um, dolls while I'm driving. Mm. 
Yeah. Do they need to be there permanently? I've got kids and I don't have all the toys in the back. In fact, it's the one no, place I don't want toys. No, it's only two little teddy bears. The, to- uh, the car, toys. Dave, and this is a very serious point. The car is not a playground. It is a death machine. It's not actually, it's a travelling machine, but it can also no. be used for deathly purposes. I do not want playing in my moving vehicle. No. No, they just hold them, they just take them off the back window and hold them, which gives them a little bit of relief. But the thing is, I'd never have them on the front of the car. In fact, it's illegal to have them on the front you of the car. You mean strapped to the front, like a bin man? Yeah, yeah. Because the bin lorries no, like to do that, don't they? They stick their toys on Well, there. yeah, I, I see all those. But it's illegal to put them on the front, on the w- window of a car. Oh. On the dash. Good. Yeah, so that's got that out of the way. Has that sorted? Yeah. Uh, Mrs Boyle, can you apologise, you know? No. No, that's all right then. Love you, bye. Yeah, and you, Kath, bye. Bye then. Bye. See ya. Yeah, see you, Kath. Bye. Nice talking to you, Kath. Love you, Dave. Yeah, and you, Kath. You take care. Yeah, and you. Give that tiger a stroke from me. Yeah, I will do. And I'm going to call it Catherine. The, 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 the tiger. Good. Yeah. Okay, Kath. Bye, Dave. Yeah. Might, might, might ring you tomorrow. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, Kath. Bye, Love Dave. you, Kath. Love you too, bye. And Kelly. Bye, Dave. But not, but not, but not him there, you know what I mean? Oh, no. Yeah. Why don't, you call the, why don't you call the tiger Mrs. Boyle? <laughs> no, no. Catherine. Yeah. What? More informal. Yeah, I'll call her Catherine. Okay, but why do you call Catherine Mrs. Boyle? This morning... He's trying to pwn me. Yeah, because um, I was a little bit annoyed when she said I should, um, we should all grow up. <laughs> yeah. She's very fertile, Dave. Yeah. Really? Mm. Oh, really? So am I. OK, bye, Catherine. Bye, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was a horrible image. <laughs> You're telling me it was me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> And after that cackle, that's where the bit for the podcast ends, please. <laughs> I need a shower. Oh, did you hear the t- his voice change? Oh, really? Me too. <laughs> Me what too. What is this? Oh, we do. <laughs> Dennis. Oh, Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Dennis. You made it to 2015. Yes. Now, on that, on that Friday, you were going to bet a tenner. Yeah. I wouldn't make it till it the was 20. 50 quid, actually. Oh, well, I've been watching Fifty, 50 Shades of Grey. Oh, flip it, eh? <laughs> Actually, I ordered the book and I got Fifty Sheds of Grey. Oh, flip it, eh? Some idiot's writing a book about sheds. Yeah, some idiot's buying them. No, I know, that's it. Yeah. Anyway, I've got the right one now. OK, so. and uh, how are you finding it? Is it hard? Not in the least. I've heard it's hard to get into. It's not doing anything we didn't do at that age, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Well, are you... Are you? No, I've not read it. Are you Mr Grey, and have you been down to B&Q? I know no, that no, much. No, no. You're not going to pop down to B&Q and get what, some cable to buy, ties? To buy a shed. No, 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 to get some gaffer tape. I don't need to. To tie... For, um, for the... the tape, yes. we use string. Yeah, and, and, and Wynne enjoys that, does she? This was not with my darling wife. This was before I met her. Oh, Dennis, you've got to get a new phone, because I'm having to ride your fader. Well, I'm very sorry. I keep, I keep turning the damn thing up. I wish you'd turn it off. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you um, wish to uh, give us a call. 
I don't know where we can go now. Fee Glover's tweeted you. She's not happy. I know. I was trying to t- tweet her, uh, her her back, but Twitter won't let me do anything. Yeah, because she's one. blocked you, mate. That's why. She's blocked you. She's not. We didn't get time. Listen, my new 2015 is the year for me. Oh, where is it? Of Frank Pilkington. Who he? He is the... look. He looks like someone, doesn't he? He's a good-looking fella. Who does he look like? He looks like somebody. He's the son's new psychic. Ah, I heard you talking about him. He's the son's new psychic, and he's in the... They're p- pushing him a lot. He's got really... He looks like someone. I can't think who he looks like. He's got really short fingers. He's, he reminds me of your hands. Really short, dry, gnarled, unattractive fingers. Mm. Kath. And um, anyway, he's our brilliant new astrologer, says uh, the son. And he's got psychic pairs. He's got psychic pairs. Kath, he's got psychic pairs. And that's based on what? He He met uh, someone with a locket, you told me. He met someone with a locket once. And he knew what was in the locket, but there was nothing in the locket before it was in there. Right, well, listen, I'm going to delve in. Gemini. Do you remember, Kells, you used to do the stars after each show? Yeah, I did. Until I complained to the boss and you got told not to. Gemini. This is... Um, this is I said in the stars that I, you were going to do that. I idiot. used to do pretend horoscopes as yeah. a character once upon a time. Oh, and once upon a time, we had one day we had someone ring up to ask me, seriously, ask my advice about a job they were going for. D- day two, food and health. Okay, so if you're a Gemini, this is for you. You, you share it with me and Naomi Campbell. You, you prefer light bites, intelligent little meals over brutish platefuls. Well, that's wrong. Intelligent little meals? What's that? I am what? seeing my personal trainer tonight and tomorrow. Okay. Salads, nuts, fruit and veg help your mind remain focused. You should avoid high GI foods due to the crashing lows. No more takeaways. Get stuffed, Pilkey. Eating out of boredom can be an issue. That's true, actually. I do eat out of boredom. Do, so does everybody. Shut up, man. Anywhere that allows for plenty of chat between courses, like sushi or tapas, cater well to your temperament. I, I like sushi bars. Oh, this man knows you. I like tapas, but I'm not Gemini. What does that mean? Sometimes your nervous energy would benefit from a more structured exercise regime. I'm seeing Edie tonight and tomorrow. I'd give mm. you tapas. Even a long walk would do. Do something that lets your brain connect with everything going on around you. Fresh air is a must. You need eat and you need air to regenerate more than most signs. That's true. It's really boring. You're going to need it as you'll be busy in most major areas. Do you think we could do travel air? It's all in the planning. Mm. Just get Lee, if you just go to news now. Sorry? Hmm? You'll call me Ian. I was talking to Lee the newsreader. Who? Newsreader Lee? No. The guy who had a nosebleed once on during the news. And you didn't know because he's that much of a professional. So wow, professional. you see? That's hardcore. So For beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, two lanes are closed just before Junction 24 for Potters Bar because of an accident. That's causing queues to Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey now. Long delays there on the M25 anti-clockwise. On the M1 northbound, it's still very slow between Junction 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes. And in Milton Keynes on the A5 northbound, there's a lane blocked because of an accident involving two cars at the Coldcut roundabout, and that's between there and Portway. On the trains, Virgin and London Midland have half-hour delays between Milton Keynes and Clapham and London 
Euston because a train's broken down at Harrow and Wilston. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. As controversial as ever, Sammy, don't lose that in 2015, whatever you do, my dear. That's it, that's your lot. By the way... Um, there were podcasts released over Christmas. If you missed them, go to iTunes or the Three Counties website. And don't forget, on Friday, between half seven and eight o'clock, you're all invited to the studio. JBS is up next. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon's... <laughs> It's Monday, it's 9 o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, should Oldham Athletic pull 